When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Robot building supplies helping you get the right products for the job at a better price. The Run Home with Andy and Gazy. Uh, great to have you with us this Friday afternoon here in Melbourne town. Well, that's who we are, wherever you're with us from. Great to have your company here on the Come run. From Maui. Nice to have everybody. Strong support group down there in the Latrobe Valley, uh, Greater Gippsland region, I'm told. Maui, absolute uh, heart and soul run home type uh, operators down in that neck of the woods, Andrew Gaze. <laughs> oh, heartland. Thanks to Sammy Hargraves. Uh, magnificent to hear the dulcet tones of the wee, the wee bald man before us. And Three doing hours of radio gold. Just doing a magnificent job. Absolutely mm. superb. And really, well, when you, he's had a new, he's got a, uh, a, a toddler, so he, he's operating on very, I'd imagine operating on uh, not a lot me. of rest as well. So good luck to him. Well, He's done yeah. doing a terrific job. No, no, there's no question about that. A uh, bit of a setback. We're here till 6 o'clock tonight, uh, not 5.30. I don't know how that's uh, come to pass, but uh, we are well, the here for the, spoken. for the full duration. <laughs> they've spoken. And, uh, <laughs> for the full duration tonight. And administration of listen. Real setback. And the, it's about what we do here at SEN is give the people what they want. And just let the kids know at home the fish and chips will be half an hour later than our, our previously anticipated tonight. <laughs> hey, big show today. Matthew Mott's going to join us, coach of England. Uh, absolutely perfect last night. What uh, is going perfect. on with Australian coaches just well, they're the best. all over the place? They're the best in the world. And it's, is it? Best in the world, Keith. Well... It's well, the, yeah, I, the IP guess, the rest of the world wants to tap into, and in, they're accessing it. What well, is Left, and right, and centre. They're getting the job done. Oh, they are. Nothing against, I guess. Well, it is a little bit <laughs> when you've got coaches in another team getting the job oh, done. I'm lining them up and having No, no, no. Well, I just think... Well, you've got a few people in your crosshairs today. Oh, no, not really. Oh, you have. You have. Let's be honest. <laughs> you made global headlines a couple of weeks ago <laughs> regarding the netball. Oh, oh with... Um, Gina. Gina. Yeah. And, yeah, no, you've that's got, you've got her in the. Oh, I was just going to ask you a question about her uh, bobbing up last night at some function and wearing actually, an estimated uh, four million dollars worth of clothes. Well, I actually stuck up for her in our little conversation because four million bucks worth well, of good clothes. Good luck to her. That's, oh, God, absolutely good luck to her. No issues at all. But I mean, four million, not billion. Four million yeah, dollars yeah. worth of clothes. Well, it's oh, a bit one of it was jewelry. Pearl was worth two and a half million or something, wasn't one it? One pearl. I won two hundred fifty thousand, oh, well, honey. I have. I have. Don't be hating on. Just if someone. I'm just going to ask you how you felt about it. I have no problems at all with no that. No problems at all. Then that's all. It's case closed. Let's move on. But well, you're the one that Speaking brought of, it up, and I you're did. the now one that had answered, to... No, no problems. You've answered the question. Well, let's get a wriggle on. Well, you had did a you... slightly different view. I that had you no don't view. want to share with the audience I had no now. View. All of a sudden, you were perking up before the show. Well, and I just asked you. The... Speaking of perking up, mm. we tried to get Kieran Perkins on because uh, there's a bit going on in swimming Australia at the moment. Crash Craddock's written a very disturbing piece. If you thought about swimming in Australia, how are we going? 
Gangbusters. How are we going? Absolutely yeah. slaying them. Yeah, you would have the thought so, wouldn't you? The of the world. Yep, you would have thought so. Mm. Swimmers winning gold medals all over the joint. Yep. Uh, tiny little island nation. Take it to the globe. Stick it right up at every major event. Uh, we just lost another president of Swimming Australia. The last two and a half years, the mm. uh, last two years, has been a time of some tumult uh, in Australian swimming. Surprisingly. Because oh, normally I'll when say, you have, Can I say another mm, word? Mm. Disturbingly. Disturbingly, because normally when you have a, a performance, a sporting performances of the uber elite category, correct? Usually, it's it's correlates to a very stable and uh, in tune administration. Very rarely do you have a really sort of over all over the place administration, correct? Um, and and, and it, which enables the uh, athletes in order to perform to their best. But on this particular occasion, it's well, I don't know if it's actually maybe we're jumping the gun here, but there has been a lot of um, personnel coming and going. Well, Tracy Stockwell removed as the president. Uh, that's the breaking story today. Mm-hmm. Kieran Perkins two years ago leaves shortly after taking over the presidency from John Bertrand. Yes. Uh, doesn't even see a year in the role before he says I'm out of here. Ta-da. The same year Lee Russell steps down as CEO of Swimming Australia mm. for a whole lot of reasons. Some have been disclosed. I suspect some others haven't been. In the same year, the head coach Yarko Verharan, uh, he quits as the head coach. Mm. So whether they be full-time admin, senior coach, Two times of two presidents have all said ta-da mm. at a time when a stra- when there's been a fair bit of reason to stay in the chair. I would have thought, would have thought so. things like Olympic Games and Commonwealth Games mm. opportunities to share in the reflected glow of uh, Australian triumph. Titmus, yeah, all of them, all over the joint, Chalmers. Mm. So we'll have a chat to uh, crash about that a bit later on. Your man Mitch Lewis, he's Handle playing sisters. In- yes. My memory's not going as well as it was a few hours ago. <laughs> but is that it, is it? Just to name That's a few. That's the best you can do, is it? Right, what about <laughs> but Mc- just to name a few. McKeon. McKeon, perfect. Yeah, That's another McKeon very good one. McKeon and McKeon. Kyle Ch- uh, Chalmers, Chalmers done I said some Chalmers. very... Yep, oh, did you? Yep, 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 um, yep. Okay, and a lot of others. I have so many others. To help him out, <laughs> just text through on the 0433 40 Winks uh, temper text line. Just... Text through some swimmers' names for him to just read out and make yourself sound no, preferably well, contemporary Australian swimmers, if you wouldn't mind. That'd be terrific. Just well, I thought I did very well then. <laughs> Reeled off quite a few. Yes, you did. You helped there. You did quite well. Uh, your well, man, I'll go to the, my friend Google, and I'm your, sure they'll come up with some uh, that will jog my memory even further. Your man, Mitch Lewis. Your man, ah, Mitch yes. Lewis, is um, is playing as part of the Pro-Am, part of the Victorian PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, that is at Moona Links, isn't it? So he's going to join us for a chat about how he's uh, striking the agate uh, and what his pre-season is looking like. Dale Morris is going to join us. Uh, from up there at the Brisbane Lions. So there's a fair bit to get uh, new development co- assistant coach at the Brisbane Lions, of course. Mm-hmm. Heaps to get through. You've got a belated entertainment tonight, I believe. I do. And a quiz today. Well, it's not belated because we did it Friday last week. No, uh, the entertainment so... tonight's belated. No, but you did entertainment tonight. It's generally on, on... Wednesday, though. Well, the quiz has jumped in, and we do have a quiz coming up, another quiz, and some fine, fine prizes, an opportunity to go into our grand final week. We've only got one contestant so far in the grand final week. That's true. There's a a lot on offer for two very, very lucky listeners that that can uh, partake in the quiz later on this afternoon. When is the quiz jumping on? Just Uh, because I know people. It'll be 4.05, out of the prime time for you. 
Out of the four o'clock news. Everyone, jump on, on the... TSL uh, numbers are at their strongest. The Twitter and the, the gram. Let everyone know. Yes. 405, is it? 405. 405 quiz. quiz. But don't call until we say that the lines are open. Um, mm. Because until such time as we do, we don't want you just getting on the line and clogging it up and waiting for an hour. Mm. Uh, so all of that to get through today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. There's a bit going on. We'll keep you up to date with all of it around the place. Victoria... Uh, backed well and truly against Wall. At last uh, glance, they were four for 43 in their second innings uh, in the Shield game against Queensland who made 205. So On the back of a, a opening uh, innings, what was it, 67? 63. 63. Yep. No good. Wow. No good, Keith. All out 63, four for, 90, four for 49 we are. Queensland made 205. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. Be going on in uh, basketball as well is... Am I hearing stories? Because there's a spell in the uh, NBL. There is this week for World Cup qualification FIBA, games. FIBA windows that they it's like FIFA windows. You know how yeah, they, they'll, they'll shut FIBA. it down. Yeah, so yeah, sure. they shut it down. Uh, right, not just here in Australia, but all over the world. They have these FIBA windows. NBA right shuts down. No, they don't. Big part. No, they don't. Why not? Uh, because they, they, uh, the NBA. Does Josh Giddy go to Kazakhstan? And n- does no, he does for... not. Why no, not? he does not. No, Big he's part. not required. Paddy Mills will be there, won't he? <laughs> Okay, you've made your point. Are the Austra- Why aren't the Australian players playing for the boom? No, the, the NBA Josh Green, don't pause. Josh Green will be there. <laughs> are you just going to reel off every Australian NBA player? Are, are any you? of the Australian NBA players departing their NBA? No is with... the answer to that. Why not? No, because they don't pause. Why? The NBA are not affiliated with FIBA. They are a separate entity. They are not. The NBA are not under the auspices of FIBA. Yeah. So they are a separate entity. Right. So now they do work collaboratively oh, yes, and so they do work like together. Yeah. But in these types of uh, qualifications, no, they, they they don't they do not pause. Is that an issue? Do you in think? The world. Is, that in fact, is that an issue in world basketball? Well, it's more of an issue in Europe with the Euro League. The Euro League and FIBA have not always that they are not in sync. So is and the whole FIBA thing a bit of a? No, not at all. FIBA World Cup's a bit of a. No, as you've seen, once the FIBA World Cup does roll around, that all the players do, well, not all of them, but the vast majority of them show. It's not like the Soccer World Cup, is it, where everything stops? Well, from a player perspective, it is. What do you mean? Well, I thought you were alluding to that perhaps players are not showing up. They want to be there. Well, they're not. Well, they're not not for the qualifications. Well, they are. Hang on a second. I qualify that. When, some, when the qualifications are played in that uh, window in the mid-year, when there's other seasons not there, yeah. yes, they will play. A lot of them will play. But now that it's the NBA season is on, huh. those ones, that the NBA does not close down. Right. No, no, it does not stop. So what if, what if for example, mm. Josh Giddy went to OCT and said, uh, Aussies are playing in Kazakhstan. I want to go and represent. <laughs> they would say no. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Why? Uh, because they what have Luka the right. Doncic said to his people over there in wherever he plays. Yeah, they, they would say, they say no. no. No, that's right. And it uh, means the world to me. My country means everything to me. I'm nothing without. And that's why at the Olympics and but when there's not a clash with the NBA, they wholeheartedly endorse it. They, well, most of them when, when endorse it suits, them. When it suits them. Well, when it doesn't interfere with their, with yeah, their when season. Yeah, when it suits them. When it doesn't interfere. Yeah, well, that's one Because they are, it, it never suits them. A lot of them do not want them to even go to the Olympics. A lot of the NBA teams say, no, don't go to the Olympics. <laughs> so that, it's not just when it suits that's them. extraordinary. It's when they feel it's uh, appropriate. Are we pl- that's, that's quite extraordinary for you to reveal that. What? 
publicly as what? one of the a Hall of Fame member of what? Philippe. Some NBA teams no, are, fully are not wrong. willing to it's or, a bit disappointing. or uncomfortable. It's a little disappointing. Yeah, I think it is. It is. Some, in some uh, instances. It is. There is. It is. But I, but it's also a lot of the times, and we've had it uh, the last uh, World Cup, mm. when Ben Simmons was on the uh, eve of and hadn't signed a $250 million contract. Mm. That is, if he does something to his knee or gets hurt, yeah, yeah, but... then so there are some where it goes the other way too, where the play says, you know, the timing of this is just not quite right. And I think under those circumstances, we can appreciate that, well, if there's $250 million on the line, then you can understand why the player would be a little nervous about that. We are, but we here's what the we, NBA we are, do. To, to, can I just say, yeah, here's yes, what well, the NBA... Can. You said an awful lot. Well, here's the thing, and you're, you're trying to be um, disingenuous to the NBA. Oh, am I? Yes, you are. Oh. But here's the thing. The NBA, with a lot of these players, one of the big issues has been with insurance. Yes, my understanding in recent times, the NBA uh, for the Olympics and the World Cup with those contracts uh, package up their insurance into their current insurance policies they have with the NBA team. So there is a a collaborative arrangement uh, to offset some a lot of those costs that, that the nations would have to bear if um, if it weren't for... Uh, so what you're the, saying is if Josh Giddy, for example, in his deal with OCT... He, okay, sir. He is... Oklahoma City Thunder, mm. OCT. He is... <laughs> People the, think he's serious off the... The uh, insurance... <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> the, they've got a good mm. sense of humour. The, um, the insurance policy that they... Mm. Would, the regular insurance policy that they sign with a player only covers them in for their time when on duties for the NBA team. Is yeah. that... So, so now if they got injured working out in the off season uh, with the, you know, mm. with a, an endorsed program, well, of course they're well, still so covered. So what if Josh Giddy comes back to Australia and pops his shoulder boogie boarding down at Kennet River, hits the reef, out comes the shoulder well, that and would it's be, in trouble. And, and that happened to Luke Is Longley. It actually happened to Luke Longley when he was Kenner playing. River. So well, it wasn't that, there. It was in California. <laughs> but does that, do mm. they, are they covered? Yeah, they're covered. That? They're covered. Uh, on, no, for, for surfing, and there's certain things, like if you're skiing or if you're surfing mm-hmm. or you're doing yeah. some high at-risk things, there are some things in the clauses that would that you would not Preclude, become. yeah, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, now, I, I think even in Luke's case, and, and maybe we should get to Luke and talk to him, I think, in fact, uh, it might have been technically one that he may not have been covered for, but they, the bull still covered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. As I, or something like that. There was a story... Similar to that. Yeah, so, yeah. but but when it comes to these players playing in the FIBA uh, and representing their nations mm-hmm. at those made major events, mm-hmm. and even in some of those qualifying events, mm-hmm. they don't like Luka Doncic just played in the European Championships just recently. He was covered, yeah, and well, the Dallas Mavericks are aware. Doesn't that, of that make sense for Dallas to cover him twenty four seven three sixty five? Well, if you're going and playing for someone else, yeah, but but he's what's he getting paid to play for Serbia? Nothing. And what's he getting paid to play for Dallas? Oh, he might get yeah, yeah, yeah. cover his know, expenses per yeah. diem. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, so that, that's nickel and dime stuff playing for your country. Yeah. The real the financial investment comes from the NBA team. So surely it's mm. in their interests to have this have the mm. player covered. Well, all, Mark, all year round, every minute of the day, well, is it not? Well, well irrespective they are, but of what they, they're, they're wearing that cost. Mark Cuban, who's the owner of the, yeah. the Dallas, he's been one of the more vocal. 
um, advocates in regards to the players going and playing and saying, hang on, they're going and playing in FIBA competitions. FIBA is making a lot of money off these players. Why should we have to cover that portion? Is he fair I'm serious. No, is he fair Nickham saying that? Of course he okay, is. Where's the bloke come from? Where's the player he's talking about come from? From Serbia. Well, yeah, correct. he actually so, played yeah, a lot okay. in Spain. Yeah, okay. But, but when, when, did he start, when did he start playing basketball? Where? Yeah. Wasn't well, in, it, wasn't in a, in it wasn't in a suburb in Delft. It's Slovenia, it in fact. It wasn't in Serbia. It was well, Slovenia. Well, he's Slovenian. I mean, how about having a slightly broader worldview? Hmm. I mean, Mark Cuban swans in and gets, gets, the, gets access to the finished hmm. product. Yep. Who is making him millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic, yes. is lining Mark Cuban's pockets. Yes. It is making the Dallas Mavericks a, a, a more expensive and more valuable mm. franchise yes. with every game of basketball well, he that's plays. Why... Well, how, so how about it not saying, oh, you know, FIBA this and FIBA well, that, and he... they don't pay a cent. Well, how about understanding the big picture a little bit, Mark? Well, the, no, but Get hang him on. on the line. I want to chat to him. But ultimately, he's... Get Cuban on the line. We no, don't want to chat on. to him, the idiot. But ultimately, Andy, you've got to look at the ultimate outcome. And ultimately, he's allowed him to play for, for Slovenia. Oh, very nice of him. He's, he's, he hasn't put it in any sort of restriction on him. But his view, a very public view, you're going to go have, have a look at you. His view has been that, well, hang on we should be more restrictive of our players playing in these competitions. Oh, that'll work well for them, I reckon, in the end. Are we going to play against Iraq? Uh, Iran. Iran, I mean. Well, we play Kazakhstan yeah, we play against Iran. today or tomorrow, and we play, we're scheduled to play on Tuesday against Iran. Is that game going ahead? The game is not going ahead. Ooh. The game will not. Australia right. have forfeited that game on the basis of the security risk. And this actually, as my understanding is, this also gets back to insurance as well. Because Australia, the government, have put a a travel, not a no-go zone, but a travel travel warning warning. in relation to that, uh, we can't then, if if we send our players against... And something happens. And something happens. Then your legal responsibilities come into play. So it's beyond... And you know what? There'd be a strong argument. I would think that that maybe we don't go in anyway. the current climate. Yeah, I'm with you on that, but let's not be. All, perhaps it's a. Let's uh, not be all woke about it. I'm not being woke. Go woke, go broke. No, you know what they say? No, this is just common sense. Well, of course, it is, it is a very you know significant security saying. risk to go there. Yeah, I understand. There's other things going but on in the country that if you are opposed to, you might steer question clear whether exactly. it's the yes. right time to be yeah, going yeah, and that's playing right. a game of basketball. That's spot on. Mm. If you got a view on any of that, mm. we weren't going to talk about any of that, but it's quite interesting. Oh, I found it interesting. Hopefully you I did too. I was under pressure. <laughs> Didn't know where you were going with it all. <laughs> yeah, you did very well. Huh. You handled it well. 20, it's already 21 past three. Mm. I don't know where the time's gone. If you got a view on any of that, feel free to share at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Tradies out for Ace Australia may built to last. Great to have your company on. Terrific. Friday. Vic's No, no, no. Wouldn't I don't. Be, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. You're kidding Love me. Love these conversations. That was that we that was completely unplanned. Shane's it on the was. road, and you were under a bit of pressure. pressure. Shane's on the road. Wants to uh, wants to join in. Uh, inspired by some of the stuff that you were presenting. Mm. Good afternoon to you, Shane. Great to have you on the show, mate. Hey, fellas. Uh, Gazy, um, I completely agree with you that uh, the club shouldn't have to foot the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Ma, let me throw the uh, shoe on the other foot, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have State of Origin here in the AFL, and um, you know, your great captain and Brandlow medalist, superstar Cripsy, mm-hmm. 
didn't want to play, but um, had to play, but wasn't insured and got injured. I mean, would you be such a vocal supporter of that if that were the case or not? Or? So, so can I, to, to give your question the utmost respect, Shane, can I, can I apply the lens of state footy when it was at its peak? If, if you can, let me do that, right? Let, let me assume that we can have this conversation on with the backdrop that state footy is now what it used to be, like it is in the NRL. Correct. Mm. Um, the answer, the answer then would be, yeah, Shane, I would, and it's just bad luck because back then it was the it was the be all. It, everybody wanted to play state footy. It was mm. um, about the outside of winning a premiership with your club. It was about the highest accolade you could have bestowed upon you as an individual footballer. That's, I don't know how old you are, Shane, but growing up as a kid, if, you're, if one of your players got picked to play for the state, badge of honour stuff, mm. that. So, and then if anything, if, if bad luck was to mm. befall them, so be it. Mm. Now it's completely different. If somebody said state of origin footy now is, is exhibition stuff, mm. which is a sad thing to admit, particularly given what it used to be, so now I would have a very different view if State of Origin footy was shoehorned back into the um, into the calendar and and players were asked to mm. you know commit the way they we would have we liked them committing the way they used to thirty mm. years ago. Does that make any sense? It does. It does. I, I and I, I do agree. It's a it's a little bit different. It is. But the, the the comparison in regards to representative as opposed to the club situation. Uh, and who should be fit, uh, footing the bills? Who, sh- who should be responsible? That's where it gets a little bit there's murky. A, there's a scale of economy here as well that doesn't really come to play when you compare an NBA superstar to an AFL superstar. Mm. I mean, the money that you're getting, the, the financial commitment that the clubs are making, which is... Well, that's why the, that goes back to Mark Cuban's argument to say, well, it, hang it, on, oh, I'm putting this bill. You're not. It, it kind of goes both ways. Mm. Nice work, Stone Cold. Matthew Mott's going to join Give us this half hour. Yeah. Hell yeah. Coach of the uh, white ball England cricket team who steamrolled their way yeah. past uh, India last night. And he didn't do a lot wrong. Uh, England were in a different class last night. Absolutely magnificent, the Poms. So mm. they're into hopefully Sunday's final against well, Pakistan. Hayes, Hayes well, were just extraordinary. It's an unbelievable batting performance. That's um, foot down right from the word go, and never. I thought it was going to be. I didn't, I thought they'd get there, but I, I thought it's, this is going to be a little tricky little chase. Yes. Turned out to be not even close. Walk in the park. Was it four overs to spare? Yeah, they were into the seven early into the seventeenth over. Magnificent. So we'll talk to the coach mm. about that. Can we just go back to something? There's a feedback, getting a bit of feedback off the forty wings temper text about the Iran game. Mm. Is this breaking news that the game is actually? Because I heard there was some well disquiet about it. But is it? Have you broken a news story here that Australia will not be playing in that game? Well, I don't know. I, I had to make some calls because I was interested to get the view on because of the security problems and also because of other issues, yeah, of course. Yeah, what yeah. Australia's position would be. So I called up, uh, tried to get some information from Basketball Australia, and, and they, they didn't hide the fact that they, they are forfeiting. They are not going. Is any of it – so you've mentioned the fact that there's some security issues and some insurance mm. issues that that would run – um, in accordance with DFAT would be part of their, all that sort of stuff. The, the rationale yep. as to why they're not going. Is there more to it? Do you know? Like, is well, it... I asked that question and I don't know. I, I did not get an answer. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. That would probably be up for the, well. well. But but I think hmm. the primary, 
uh, explanation is 100% based on security. Yeah, okay, righto. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, there might be some other political reasons why you'd be... Well, social, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and originally, when I saw the fixture and I was inquiring about this a couple of weeks ago, it had on the venue uh, to be determined, because mm. sometimes they'll play these in relatively... Neutral zone, neutral courts. Yeah, maybe in order, a, bit order of indigest, to play. a little bit of indigestion. No, I'm just getting there. my thoughts together. Okay, right, I guess. And um, but on this occasion, <laughs> it was last week or something. He said, "No, it's going to be in Tehran." Tehran. So oh, you are you having an issue over there? I am having a mild issue. A little bit of burp and Gary. You put a lot of pressure on me. No, you've done well. Morning, I like the, it this, this afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. And um and yeah they're not and and I stand with them I think that it's if if that if those issues are in play. Oh, of course, the security stuff is a no-brainer. Mm. I mean, if you follow, you know, geopolitics, mm. you don't have to be a Rhodes Scholar about it at all. If you've just got a passing interest in what's going on in Iran uh, and has been for the last sort of six to 12 months, mm. you're aware of the fact that there is the reason for uh, instability in the country is... Uh, obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And if that was to come to play... Mm-hmm. In the minds of a couple of the individuals, hey, listen, I, a, I don't really feel comfortable going over there at the moment because of the, mm-hmm. but also B, I, I, I mm. don't want to go over there and play a game of basketball, which might endorse, mm. you know, the the policies of the incumbent regime. Mm. Uh, and if we, us withdrawing a game from a game of basketball sends a signal, well, is that in fact it's a good. I'm as you're saying this, I'm trying to equate it to some of the things that we've been through more recently mm. in relation to players' personal views, whether it's with mm. the mining issue, whether it's with yep. um, sponsors, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. how players have stood up and said, no, this is not for me. I think, Well, look at what the Socceroos did. Correct. But that they're still playing. They are. Um, so, so I think that is this different? Is it any different? I, I think it is. I think it goes beyond... Uh, the the issues of if it's more than just security is what you're saying correct yeah okay is it different why do you think it's different uh, I think because if you're uh, making a statement in regards to well I don't want to wear this logo because of a, a personal view yeah um, whatever that view may be and let's not let's not cloud no, no, it with no, the yeah. current issues but let's just mm-hmm. say what whatever that's different from I, I think from saying well I'm not going to play regardless because of this situation here. Now, I, th- I still think they're, b- they're both worthy, and yes, I so understand I. them both. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we've mentioned before many times how sport has been a vehicle to bring about significant social change mm. in a number of countries. So it, it has a um, – it, it can be a powerful tool, but they are a little yeah, – There's degree. There's, there's a serious, degree. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it. There's yeah, a yeah. scale. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're in the scale, sort of the same yeah, genre, yeah. but one's well, I think they're close, a little higher. Yeah, I think what, if the basketballers were taking a stance, they're up the pointy end with this sort of stuff, I reckon. Oh, I think they'd probably get a little bit more support for that stance than it would be some of the other stances huh. that have been yeah, over yeah, the yeah. in recent yeah. times. Yeah, well, we don't want to be No, that's why yeah. I don't want to compare no, 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 them. No, they're no, all right. yeah, important. Yeah. But... I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, a whole lot of stuff to get through today. We'll do all of that on the way through. Let's get to a break because Matthew Mott's going to join us. I want to spend some time with Motty. This was a remarkable performance by England last night. Powerhouse performance. Absolutely magnificent. They bowled brilliantly. Uh, they did let India get off the hook in the last three or four overs when they really got going and Pandya started going mad. But what Hales and Butler did thereafter was um, as good as you've ever seen batting displayed mm. in T20 cricket. It was absolutely magnificent stuff from the English openers. We'll talk to their coach. 
after this. Great to have you with us this Friday afternoon. Uh, if you're an England supporter uh, and you're watching that T20 semi final mm. last night against India, uh, you would have been getting increasingly comfortable and joyful with what your team was producing. The more that game went on last night, the more um, emphatic the performance became. I can only imagine uh, from a coach's perspective, and if you want a feel-good moment uh, on a Friday, uh, a performance like that the night before will do it to you and for you, thanks to Zambrero. That's the sort of performance that Matthew Mott would have loved to have seen from his team. Marty, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, That was surely beyond even your expectations last night, the dominance, particularly that opening pair. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Um, Mate, yeah, I don't think any of us expected to to do it in such style last night. I thought um, when we set out, we we thought uh, it was a a very chaseable target. I thought our bowlers did an extraordinary effort, particularly in the first 10 overs, to restrict a, a very strong Indian team. But um, I don't think any of us could have imagined it it'd go much better than that. And, yeah, it was just world-class batting, great cricket shots. Um, you know, Alex Hales coming into the side recently to, to play like that in some crunch games has been huge. And you just come to expect it from Josh Butler, who you know, he loves the big stage and, and delivered again. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty emphatic last night. So from a coaching perspective, Matthew, what's the most satisfying um, thing that you get out of a performance like that? Uh, look, I think the best thing about it is, you know, we haven't had it all our own way in the last sort of month or so. We've had, you know, some indifferent performances here and there. And, you know, we keep striving. Every team, I think, strives for that perfect game. And, you know, we, we got pretty close last night. I think having, you know, gambled and, and let India bat first on a very good wicket, um, you know, we, we probably put ourselves under a bit more pressure to make sure we delivered on that. Uh, and Josh was, in particular, was, was adamant that was the best way to go about it. And I think our bowlers backed him there and did, did a great job and held on at the back end when they come in us hard. But, uh, yeah, to, to put a performance like that in, is, it gives us a great lift. Obviously, we can't dwell on it too much either. <laughs> and um, yeah, we've got a very strong Pakistan team coming up in a couple of days' time here in Melbourne. Hey, Matthew, uh, congratulations. Fantastic result. And for you, uh, who have only been in the position a, a relatively short period of time, but just getting to some of the the points that you made there, the decision to, to, to whether you're going to bat and bowl and some of the issues, I'm just curious to know, well, what, ro- what role do you play in those decisions? Is that exclusively your decision? H- how does it work in the hierarchy of things and how you can contribute to the to the uh, to the team regards to strategy as well as the, what they're doing from a skills perspective. Yeah, yeah, good question. I, I think we do a lot of research beforehand. Um, Nathan Learman, our analyst, has been with the team for, for over a decade. Uh, he's got all the numbers for us, so he presents that information first. Uh, one of the interesting ones was at Adelaide uh, that 11 times the team that had won the toss had actually lost the game. So that was a wow. that was one that threw us a little bit. Once we won the toss, we were a little bit scared with that. But um, <laughs> I, I think um, essentially essentially it comes down to the captain on the day making the final call. He gets he, he gets he gets input from all of us. Um, and it was a 50-50 one. I, I think India are a bit the same, and, and and both teams probably would have been happy, happy enough to lose the toss. And it just goes what you're doing that you know that first power play which we did extremely well set the game up for us. When you look back, you know, and you sit down with your the, the rest of the coaching staff and the and the leadership, um, and you assess a game like the one last night. Obviously, most of our focus is on on the two batters, but 
the the results he got from your two spinners last night. How, how pivotal was their combined seven overs um, to to you getting the result that you got last night? Yeah, absolutely critical. I, I believe. I mean, when you come up against the side with the firepower that India had uh, in that situation on, on a great batting wicket, I think the curator deserves uh, uh, you know a lot of kudos for that wicket. It was a used wicket, but it played extremely well and produced a high level of game. But um, yeah, to be under that sort of pressure to bowl through those middle overs with with known weapons coming at you who play spin well, um, you know, to use the dimensions of the pitch really well, Rash. Rashid has just got better every, every game for us and um, he bowled extremely well for us. And, and Livingston is just continues to just do a great job for us. He can bowl leg spin and off spin, um, power hitter, and is sort of that X-factor player that every team wants. So, yeah, we're really happy with that. I thought um, Chris Jordan in particular coming in off not a lot of cricket and having to bowl three clutch overs at the back end was, was a superhuman effort. Um, so it was just... I think all round it was just a great performance and um, one we take a lot of you know, confidence into the next game. How significant is this being in England? Like the result, how is it, how are they perceiving this tournament and and where does it does it have a place in the in the pantheon of sporting achievements? If you were to win this, where does it sit? Uh, it's it's tough to know. I mean, we we've, we've been on the road since September 14 when we headed off to Pakistan and. You are obviously in a bit of a bubble when you get into these situations, mm. and, you, and you try and stay in that to, to an extent as well. But I think if uh, the amount of WhatsApp messages that I receive from friends and family <laughs> is any indication, then I think it you know, it certainly resonated well with a lot of people. And yeah, you know, I think particularly uh, you know, that Pakistan tour for us, where we're the first team to go there in in 17 years, um, and now we end up playing Pakistan yeah. in the final. It's, it's it's sort of like everything's aligned to to be a great final and. I know a lot of people would love to see in India-Pakistan, but I think um, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a very special evening as well. Talking to Matthew Mott, coach of the English white ball team, who are into the T20 World Cup final. Um, Matthew, I know Ben Horn wrote a story, News Limited, about um, the contingencies that are in play for the final. and The weather's you know, looking pretty grim for Sunday. Hopefully it, it blows away and, and we get a full game in, but Monday's the reserve day and... It sounds like there's all sorts of possibilities in play to make sure that we get some sort of result. What, what's your understanding of um, the possibilities to, to around this final from a weather perspective? Yeah, well, I suppose um, the advantage of having lived in Melbourne for six years, um, realizing how you know how often they can get it wrong with the, the weather yes, forecast. Yes. The, um, pretty fickle weather system here, so hopefully they've got it wrong. But in saying that, I, I think. The, the way the ICC have uh, reacted and obviously seen a forecast. Um, we'll be able to get the 10 overs in each team, I think, at some stage. There'll be enough of a window. Uh, we'll do everything we can, obviously, to play. We, I don't think any of us would like to be just joint winners. So I think there's an appetite from both teams that we'll have to you know, crack on it at some point. Um, but, you know, as I said, I, you never know. It could be complete sunshine here and we get the full game in, which would be awesome. Um, and hopefully that's what the fans deserve as well. Is it your understanding, I'm trying to get my head around the, the possibilities here, that let, let's say Sunday is wiped out and we, we have to call in to play the reserve day and it's scheduled to start at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Is it possible that, you know, the, the 10 overs could be played in between weather breaks and, and then a break and likewise until we get a result, until we get at least 20 overs played, no matter kind of how long that might take, is is that a possibility? 
Yeah, I'm not a complete expert on it, but there was a, a transcript come through about there being an additional two hours. Yeah. Uh, you know, extra time. So that would give four hours extra on what we normally would. But there's always been, um, you know, the, 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 everyone wants to try and get that done on, on day one. So we'll do everything humanly possible to get it done on, on the first day. And then the reserve day, I believe, is a little bit more flexible as well. So, yeah, I think they're doing everything they can, apart from, you know, being able to control the weather to try and ensure that, that we get a get a proper result. Right. Perfect. Um you got anything else? Or? Well, well, I'm just more just before we let you. you Look like you had a question before. Yeah. I did, yeah, I but, but it's, so. it's more to do with, I guess, the overall thing. And and, and you've had the Midas touch. You look what you've done with the Australian women's team. Magnificent. And Magnificent. You, you're on the cusp of uh, of something. Uh, hopefully for you, well, I'm, we're right behind you uh, because of you more than that. although Hayden, we can. We yeah, can't, a bit of both. A bit both of both, camp. I guess. Yeah, but um, more, more muddy, just trying yeah. to figure out uh, from a coaching perspective, particularly with the T20 staff. Um, and, and just refining that role. What is it that you you think you're bringing to the table that's been able to uh, get these types of responses from the athletes, both in the, when you did it with the uh, with the women, and now, of course, with the men. Yeah, I think um, you know over your coaching journey, you sort of uh, learn off a lot of other people and reflect a lot, but. Um, being at the right place at the right time is a good strategy as well. I think I've um, been blessed with some outstanding players over over my time at the in the Australian women's team, and yeah, it, 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 this is an incredible, incredible generation of white ball players here in England as well. And yeah, you only have to see when we we took two key players out of that squad to be able to throw another two great players in and and not feel like we're less off is is a huge thing, but. I, I think to your question about the coaching, I, mm. I, I believe that um, you know, part of that role is just making sure the players are free to be able to express themselves and you know try and remove a few of the barriers to perform, you know, that, that inhibit performance, making sure that you know they enjoy turning up to do what they do and um, they love doing what they do and create a nice, fun environment where people want to try and work hard and, and look out for each other a little bit as well. And I think this group's... Um, yeah, definitely got that in spades. From the moment I walked in the door, even though we were struggling during the summer with some results, uh, there was a real care for each other and a, a strong mateship that I, I could see something special. So hopefully we can finish it off. Um, we all know, how, as, once again, how fickle T20 can be and we just got to make sure you know, when those big moments arrive in that final that we're the one that takes the, you know, the, the aggressive option. Good luck, mate. Yes. Appreciate you joining us. It was a hell of a performance by you and your team last night. Good luck on Sunday or Monday if it comes to pass. We wish you well. Thanks for your time. Matthew Mott, coach of the English team who have stormed their way into the T20 World Cup final. Righto. That means the lines are open. First two. Get on the line now. First two to jump on. Get to play for, in, and what I think on, is Zoe, becoming yeah, yeah. radio's number one sports quiz. Not becoming, that is current tense. It has become. It has become. Future. Australia's it's number tense. one it's become. radio sports that is, quiz. That is a fact. It's that, incredible. No, that is a fact. 
And uh, we've got some terrific prizes on oh, offer, Andy. What are they? Well, they're all over the place. There's a Signet Boost Power Bank, valued at fifty nine ninety five. There's 18 holes of golf for you and a mate uh, at Club Mandalay, clubmandalay.com.au. No, hang on. Don't, don't undersell it. I'm not. There's going to be a beverage for you and your partner. <laughs> and a cart. And so, there's going to be a cart. Oh, you can choose not to use the cart if you, if you like. Yeah, oh like well. Some of us are quite, you know, mm. sticklers for having a walk. That's true. You know, but the you don't have to use it. It's there if, if you want it. If you choose to, mm. that the good people at Club Mandalay will make that available yes. to you in case you, you wish to use it. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, after you have played the round of golf and you toast mm. one another success, yes. you can do so with a, a 24 can carton of CB right. Co Draft. Oh, hang on, hang on. Here's no, thing. no, you can. No, you can. Well, you, I, we're I, encouraging I, you to. If there's only two of you. Probably not in the one sitting. Well, you don't have to have finish it. <laughs> you don't have to have you don't 12. You have to have 24, right? <laughs> 12 each. Uh, but here's the thing. We've added to it this week. Oh, we're going to give something else away. Everyone wants to be a, a part of it. Also got the Wahoo prize pack oh, valued at over 200. 200 bucks. Where you find fun this summer, you'll find Wahoo. Check out the range at Wahoo. That's W-A-H-U.com.au for all your summer fun. That's about a $500 prize pack. That's why it's number one. That's why the sponsors are jumping on board. They want to be a part of it. In fact, sponsors, if you're listening and you want to be part Mm. of this, get involved. Just give the the team here at the Sports Entertainment Network Mm. a call and say, we want to be part of Gazy's quiz. That's right. Where do I go to sign up? Well, you know what? And and it's attracted an audience like you would not believe. And Tim is in Kilsyth, and Mm. he's going to be our first contestant. Good afternoon, Tim. Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah, good on you. Are you a Kilsyth Cobras fan? Um. Used to play for him, yeah. There we go, Tim. But, oh, who didn't out in Kilsyth? Everyone's had a Huge crack. Huge out there. <laughs> Massive. Massive. Hey, Tim, you're going to be up against Harry, who's H. in Donvale. Harry, good afternoon to you. Hey, lads. How are we? Yeah, really very, good, very Harry. Uh, very good, Just um, let's Did you and... play for uh, the Donvale Diggers? There is a Donvale team. Donvale Bobcats or something. What are they called, Harry? No, I didn't. Um, uh-huh. He's played at Bulleen, though. Okay, Bulleen yeah. Boomers. Not bad. Hey, oh, um, he might have been saying Bulleen Temp Footy Club or Bulleen Cricket Club. He oh, which Bulleen was it? Sorry, Harry. I played at Bulleen Temp Footy Club. Yeah, dirty, right. dirty, rotten thugs they were. Oh, that's not they very used to, nice. Oh, they used to love beating up on us. I'll try to. Mm. Back in the day, we were both... Back in the day, it was back in the old blue grade days um, of amateur footy. Is that where Purdy and Ruzi used no, to play? No. No, where did they play? Purdy and Ruzy was out Beverly there playing Hills. Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Tim. Same right area. The, uh, I'm sure you're regular listeners, but I'll just explain it to our listening audience. What it is, it's a quiz, and <laughs> I'll ask a question, and you have to provide an answer. The way in which you get a crack at first crack at the answer is you use your buzzer, and you've got to come up with a name for your buzzer. Tim, what would you like to use as your buzzer? Um, high five. <laughs> Ooh, okay, no worries. Long, but I like no, it. No, no, two syllables. That's yeah. right. Yeah, no High worries. Five. Yep. Uh, Harry, what would you like to use? I'll just go with H. H like and high five. High five and H. Oh, this could be confusing. I'm on I... it. I'm on it. Okay. I'm on it. All right. There are seven questions. If you get a question incorrect, your opponent gets a chance to answer it. There are seven Which questions. Which hogging. Best of seven. Takes home the booty of prizes. And then... And then there is a power play question. You get the power play question correct, you go into the final, which will be in our last week 
of this year, perhaps ever, but it's our last week of this year. And um, probably our last compete one, for some even even more stupendous prizes. Who you want? Here we go. Who do you like to cut it? Who's Jim mm. do you like to cut off in this one? I think it's pretty consistent. Yeah, no, I'm with it's you. Sort of right 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 yeah. uh, all right, here <laughs> we go. Question one. Right. Which Australian uh, before we do this, I just oh want to pay homage God. to Mitch. Mitch is our uh, work experience. He's the one fire. that's come up with these my questions. Word, yes. for us. So okay. if they're wrong, don't that's blame right. us. That's why I mentioned yeah, it right before yeah. I started. Which is you've thrown a fifteen-year-old kid under the bus potentially. No, Mitch, he's done an outstanding job here. Here we go, boys. Away. Question one: Which Australian has the most wickets in T Twenty World Cups? Is there a delay? High five. That's Tim. That'd be Tim. Yep. Tim. We'll need an answer. Um, Mitchell Stark. Correct. Question two. You're in charge. I'm not accusing anyone of Mm. anything here. Mm. But you're in charge of this. Right. Right. (laughs) There's plenty of time for Googling to be going on there. Hey, I'll put my phone. No, no, no. You need to take some control here. I did on the last couple of questions, but I wasn't sure about some of the work that uh, old Mitchie Boy was doing. Here we go. Question two. Which country? I'm talking about the questions. I'm talking about the answers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave them a long time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, boys, a bit of a warning here. Right. Just up the tempo a little bit. (laughs) Here we go. Question two. Which country has won the most rugby league world cups? H. That'd be Harry. Five five. Harry. Need an answer, H. New Zealand. Incorrect. It's Australia with 11. You pass it over. Oh, jeez. Do you know anything about your own quiz? (laughs) No, well, I'm not giving it. See, that's a mistake. No, no, that's What are you a, doing? Yeah, I was so anxious to get it out there. Apologies. So they're both... They, that they, was a half-volley outside stump for Tim. Yeah, sorry, and you Tim. Were just, so now, what if Tim loses that's by farcial. one here? Well, it is a bit farcial. Well, oh, let's just see God, how it I unfolds. All right, okay. <laughs> Question <laughs> three. What, what World Cup were you talking about? No, no, just the Rugby general. League World Cup. Oh, good question. It was in the question. I don't believe it was. No, I, just, I read many. it. The Did Rugby you? League World Cup. All right, okay. Question three. GH is okay. on. All right, Harry's on, yeah? No, I said it. He's we'll n- go to the audio if you want. He's sen- Which- sensing a little bit of weakness from the quiz we, master please? here. He's going to be the longest quiz in the history of quiz. <laughs> if Got nothing else today, so up. you might as well go going. Here we go. Question right, three. Yep. Which team has had the most Brownlow medal winners play for them? H. Harry. Mm-hmm. Need an answer. Bulldogs. Tim, which is high five. High five. Uh, Melbourne. Can I have a go here? Yep. Is it the Sydney Swans slash South Melbourne? Correct. Thank you, Raymond. With 14. Woo. Well done, Ray. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Question four. We should have a uh, phone. Score a f- update, please. Uh, one to Tim, zero to Harry. Should be a phone <laughs> a friend type operator yes. operation here. Question four. Done. <laughs> Who currently holds the NBA record for the greatest number of points scored by a single player? What in throughout their careers, yes. all time, right? High five. Yes, high five. Harry. Ah, oh, Tim. Sorry, is that Tim? Tim. Tim. Will Chamberlain. Incorrect. Passes over to Harry. Mm. I have no idea. To be perfectly honest. I'll have a go. Yeah. I'll have a have go. It, you, you done? I'll have a go. You don't have a... 
Is he currently yeah, going? No. Is he currently going around? No, no, get no okay. No. No, currently going around. No, no. he's second. LeBron is second. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar oh. with 38,387 points. Okay. Mm. Magnificent Question work five. In, uh, in flying high. Yes, terrific work. Mm. Uh, you try lugging around at seven foot. <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> very funny. Surely this, you can't be serious. This is a very. I am. I am don't call no me comments. serious. This is. Sure, um, that's one for the ziffer. Yeah. One for the giffer. Yes. Giffer? Ziffer. Giffer. Yeah. This is uh, high pressure. Question. But not high quality. No. no. Question five. Right. Here we go, boys. Right. Pay attention. Who has played the most AFL games? What in the history of the league? High five. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes, high five. Tim? Uh, Brent Harvey. Bang. Correct. How many questions in here are we? Uh, we're up to question six. Well, it's all... Uh, Harry, mm. it's obvious now what it's has to happen. Up. It's all you, over, mate. No, it's no, not, it's not all yet. over, bro. You, you, can gotta, tr- you can tie it up. Yeah, you're just going to win. You're going to get the last two right. Here we go. And then we go to a tiebreaker. Are you ready that for that? That is correct. You got a tiebreaker? Yes, question? I have. Right. Of course I have. Yeah. Right what on. sport... Did Anamirs represent Australia in? H. Harry. High five. H. Harry. Mm-hmm. Cycling. Well done. So two one. It all comes down to question seven. Here this we is go. honestly this is tension. This, this is, is a cliffhanger tension. of the most unbearable proportions. Here we go. I'm on a I'm on a knife edge. Right, well, let's get <laughs> through it. Sweaty eh? palms. Mate. I know. Right. What was the name? Question seven. What was the name of the Australian yacht that ended America's 132-year streak at the America's Cup in 1983? Oh, no. Oh, no. I knew this. High five. High five. Tim, Tim, over to you, Tim. Over to you, Tim. Australia 2. Well done. That is correct. It's all over. It's a shutout. Wow. Oh, boy. Well, Harry, wow. chin up. Well done, Tim. Oh, that's well done, nice. Oh, that is lovely, Harry. Thanks, Harry. Oh, oh, I think we've. This is beautiful. Established a bond. This is the brotherhood. It is. The, well, not the, the run the, home brotherhood. Sisterhood mm. of everyone. This is just the hood mm. that mm. the run home has created. Well done. I love hey, it. And now, now you are a great cultureman, Tim. You've picked you, up the uh, Andrew. Yeah, thank you. Tim, you've won the uh, Signet, Bet, Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at 59 bucks. You've won the Golf at uh, Club Mandalay. You've won the CB Co. 24-can carton of draft. Fantastic. It is. <laughs> you've won the <laughs> Wahoo drink prize. The what? We're coming into summer. The Wahoo prize is a new prize for the quiz. It's up valued over 200 bucks. Anything to do with having fun in the summer, just check out wahoo.com.au. Slip, slop, don't forget those slip, slop, slap. Of course you do. Although, uh, did you hear today there's a shortage of um, of sunscreen going around, apparently? Beg your pardon? Yes, apparently there's a shortage of sunscreen. Well, make ever, even more mindful of the... Slip, slop, slap. Of the... Oh, the, uh, slip, not the slip, slip and slop. Yeah, no, yeah. slip and slip slap. And... Slap a hat on, slip on a shirt. Yeah, yeah, we get the yeah, point. Yeah, thanks. Hey, Tim, uh, high five, a.k.a. high five. <laughs> this is to get oh, into the championship play. round. And, right. and and the prizes are that plentiful. There's too many to rem- yeah, too, too much to go through yeah. right now. Yeah. It'll be in a couple of weeks' time when we finish up. In order to get there, you need to answer this, correct, this question correctly. Mm-hmm. Are you ready, Tim? 
Yeah, go, just boy. making sure he's still there. Uh, uh, okay, all Kilsyth is on edge, just going, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Here we go. <laughs> How many times has Australia hosted the Commonwealth Games? Hosted it. Hosted the Commonwealth Games. How many times? You're on the clock. Five seconds from now. Uh, two. Two. Two is incorrect. Wouldn't have a clue. Incorrect. Four. Five. Really? Is the, uh, and we're going to be coming up uh, soon. Yeah, 2026. Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, Victoria. Hey, Tim, Regional Victoria. Hey, Tim, a fantastic contestant. Oh. Feel free to join in again uh, next week on Wednesday or Friday. No, I don't believe he's allowed to do that. Oh, you're not? No chance. Oh, well, no, bad no. luck, Tim. No. You missed out. <laughs> that but you're chance. going home with a, a, a whole swag of prizes. Congratulations <laughs> and thanks for being a part of it, Tim. Thanks, boys. Good on you, Tim. And well done, Harry, who I mm. might say, beaten... Uh, in the quiz, mm. but has risen to great levels of sportsmanship mm. with his well wishes of Tim uh, on the wireless. Oh, I'm in a moment, I tell you, a, lot of a people... moment of great despair for Harry, disappointment. Is mm. but he puts himself out of his own, mm. um, you know, misery. Yep. and welcome and congratulate that his, his competitor. He's beautiful. That's what sports all about. It is, of course, Hashtag it is. sport. Shake, shake the hand and just be grateful to be part of the uh, competition. Hashtag culture. I, I tell you what, what is happening culture. is because we're limiting it to only two. There's clearly a lot out there that want to be a part of it and are providing some oh, feedback off oh, the I'm, temper text machine. Oh, and which is? there's a strong suggestion <laughs> that there's a bit of cheating going on. A bit of Google. No, I don't know how they can no, cheat. No, we've just so you know, mm. there's a bit of a. There's a bit of a delay in the mm. in the you know, back and forth, right? The mother load's just got a bit of a little gremlin in the middle of the right? Which doesn't lend itself mm. to zippy quiz type, but in the end, but it does. I'll tell you what it does do. Mm. One, it builds the drama, and two, it builds the room for conspiracy theories that some of these players are cheating, mm. and I don't believe they are. It's just there's a little bit of a lag in the system. Mm. Hey, the PGA, I just think it's reflective of the disappointment that they're not getting. It's an involved. excellent point. It's a very excellent point. You're right. <laughs> PGA Championship in Victoria. Is well, I tell you, pl- don't get this sort of fun on Mate. the program. No chance. Or another, Lawrence, good other, evening. Other networks anywhere, really. That's um, right. Why is Lawrence here? Jared and John O aren't here today. Mm. Uh, P- Victorian PGA Championship down at uh, Moona. The, the, which is, I'm not sure which course they're playing on down there. Legends. Is it the, Legends? Uh, the open course they're playing. Yeah, mm, Campbell Rawson. Campbell Rawson is leading. Uh, after rounds of 72-63, the New Zealander leads at nine under the card. Adam Bland, the big left-hander from South Australia, 70-66 yes. in second. And then what about this? In a tie for third, there's four players tied, the old and the new. Zach Murray mm-hmm. are representing the new. And Marcus Fraser representing the very, very old. Seven, not very, very, very old. old Fraser. How old would Fraser? Well and truly into his 40s. That's not old. Nah, but he looks older than that. Uh, 70, 67, Fraser. Seven under the card alongside Riley Martin and Christopher Wood. So there you go. It's a mm. very nice. If you're looking for to take in some good golf. Go down and have a look. Nick down to Moona. If you've got nothing on over the weekend, take a drive. Beautiful mm. place to go for a wander. Mm. Facilities down there at Peppers. Yep. Top shelf. Do you have think a nice it'll... little Chablis or uh, Pinot Noir they uh, have for some... lunch. Andy, what... Go for a wander. Have they got contingency for... for Sunday? Because if there's a bit of rain coming down, they the might be. No, the only thing that stops is the lightning. Is that right? Well, you play through a bit of wind and rain. Not Golfers, when it gets mate. really, well, really heavy stuff. it's not torrential, is it? Well, there's a lot of it coming, I think. But Saw anyway. the best round of golf I've ever seen. Was it? Was it Mooner mm. in the uh, 
it was on the nationwide tour back then. It was the Jacobs Creek? I can't remember what it was called. Mm. But a bike called Ewan Porter mm-hmm. in these sort those sorts of conditions that you're talking about. Final round, mm. uh, he shot sixty six right. in howling winds. Wow! Not not, not just windy, like mm. knocking dogs off chains sort of wind. <laughs> right. The the field average was seventy four. And he had 60. 74 plus, 74.8 yeah. or something for the day. Mm. He shot 66 out in the last wow. group. I followed. Oh, we were doing it on 1HD, mm. the coverage right. back then. And I was a little course reporter. You and? You and just, no, no, I wasn't doing anything. You and Porter. <laughs> wasn't me and anyone else. It was just, it was you and Porter. Oh, yeah. That's pretty I was out there on my own. That was really cool. I was out there on my own. Well, they're punching it through some gaps and whatever that thing is. No, that was, uh, that was just... cool. No, that was cool. That was cool. Mm, right. Uh, but magnificent. Best round of golf I've ever seen. I don't know why I'm getting uh, lost in all of that, but it's uh, that's what happens on a Friday afternoon. Mm. 21 past four. Hey, I want to talk to you about the go home factor. Yes. The Z-man, David Zeta at Fox Sports, has written a piece. I want to uh, speak to you and the beautiful audience about this mm. when we come back. Uh, great to have your company. Uh, the St Kilda review into its footy department uh, has been uh, tabled 29 days after the club uh, changed course uh, from a coaching perspective, and um, sack Brett Ratton. Um, St Kilda President Andrew Bassett has released high-level summary of findings from the club's review of its football program, reports David Zeta on Fox Sports. Um, ultimately, the review found the Saints, quote, did not have the platform needed to support a sustainable winning culture with significant change, quote-unquote, needed in both the football department and clubs as a whole to, quote, address concerns with the processes and fundamentals of our football program. Mm. Close quote. So can you decipher that for me? <laughs> we, we decided we wanted a different coach. Right. That's – look, the issues, obviously, that – but that's – the language that is used in mm. so much of this stuff is uh, broad enough to cover a range of things but not really tell you anything. Right. Specifically. Um, significant concerns uh, were raised around honest feedback. The club, these are the breakdowns. The club needs to be stronger on what it stands for. So you tell me what this stuff means. Mm. Brett Ratton sacked in desire for a new leadership and voice. Uh, need for an updated list strategy. Uh, Pete Ryan from The Age uh, wrote, also St Kilda decided not to sell a home game in 2023 and to apply a strong football lens to any cause games we consider undertaking. Strong football ends to any cause a, games. What does that mean? A strong football lens. Oh, lens. All oh, right. To any, well, to game, any cause games we consider undertaking. So what does that mean? Does that mean? A football lens to a cause. Mm. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe strong football lens. Maybe it, if they're it, going to have a cause, it's got to be a very strong relationship with what they are doing with their football. And their well, the Maddie's match, for example, that's got a strong of connection course. to the footy club. So, of course. Um, yeah, maybe it's that stuff. It, it mm. needs to be pertinent to us. Yeah. Who we are, what we, who the represents us. We have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So if it's not, so that, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that manifests and what that all means. That mm. sports update for Host Plus. Uh, Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Uh, Mitch Lewis is going to join us after the news. Um, Dave Zeta, well, Connie Dave Zeta again here. He's written a, a long piece in the on up on Fox Sports today, uh, having and the and the basic gist of it that I've taken away is that he's spoken to people uh, regarding draft strategies. Yep. coming up with the national draft and such has been um, the change in 
kind of landscape in recent times with players wanting to get out of contracts and exercising the go-home clause. Jason Horn francis well, is probably well, the well, most... There's, well, there's a few of them. I know, but I'm just oh, saying Ollie Henry. of recent terms. Oh, well, Ollie Henry. A lot. Luke Jackson. Mm. Isaac Rankin. Jason Horn francis So Well, over history, all there's first been... first-round picks. A, a real lot. Yeah, but, but it seems to be a thing now. In recent times, it seems to have become more... A bit easier for clubs to exercise the right to force mm-hmm. the club's hand mm-hmm. that holds them. Yep. Um, and it seems becoming a bit more accepted. Uh, and I use that word in, in inverted commas. So much so that according to Zeta's reporting on Fox Sports, clubs are weighing more heavily the prospect of uh, a, a kid they bring into their mix. Yep. Um, and the potential go-home factor um, from a homesickness perspective point of view. Let's get to the news. Got a couple of questions I want to ask you, um, and hopefully we can open this up and you feel free, um, feel compelled to have a conversation with us about it because it does it does change um, the strategies mm-hmm. that clubs have been using. If in fact this is very much front and centre uh, when it comes p- particularly to, to high end draft picks, so we'll have a chat about that after the latest from the newsroom. Mitch Lewis, who's been playing in the pro am down at Moona, uh, is going to join us as well to have a chat about that and. Uh, how his pre-season is shaping up. Nice, very strong work from Stone Cold. Halfway through the stint today, she's on uh, she's on the sort of pace that make, that's the line makes her one of the very best in the caper. So, um, Zeta's... It's a, it's a feature-length kind of news feature, really, on Fox Sports about the whole thing. No, no specific names mentioned and, and clubs, but certainly conversations that uh, he's been having with... Uh, people at Clubland suggesting that this is very much a factor as as clubs work their way through their uh, upcoming national draft strategies. Yep. How big a factor would it have on you? Let's talk yep. pointy end here. Let's mm-hmm. put, let's talk top ten picks. Yep. So the elite level picks, and mm-hmm. you know when you get the option to latch the onto these and bring these players into your club, you want to get it right, mm-hmm. and you hopefully you're going to get a two hundred plus game player out of mm-hmm. it. If you've got if you've let's say you've got let's say you've got the first pick in the yep. draft. And you've got the suspicion that he's, the kid's coming from another state. Yep. And you've heard, look, he might be a bit reluctant. Mm. What do you do? What if, what if you're coach well, or head of list management at that club, what do you do? Well, I really does. I think it comes down to the individual circumstances. If you have got what is believed to be a game changer, someone that let's on assume, your... Let's assume it is one of those players. Well, then you're taking him. You're absolutely taking him because not only do you, you are you going to try and convince him to stay and, and him be a part of your, your program, but we've also seen that... In recent times, and I know that, that Melbourne probably be a little upset with what they got for Jackson and, and uh, certainly North Melbourne for Horn Francis. That, yeah, they might be a little down, but everywhere I read that they they seem to think that what they got in return was was reasonable. So if you're going you've got it going for nothing in those circumstances. Where I think it gets a little more tricky is in that mid first that, that those the, yep, the, yep. Those positions yep. where you might be in like, say you're in you're getting a 12 to 20, yep. where you've got players that are very high impact, but on your draft board, you're going, gee, we might need this guy positionally, but this guy's just as good. And he's from Victoria. There's not much. And this guy is just as good, yep, different yep. position, which we might need a little bit more, but He's from South Australia or, or, or Western Australia, and you run the risk of him not being there. But if there's no then, margin call, if it's not a mm. margin call, right, if there's clearly in your mind a gap mm. between the next player who's up and the one that you've got next on your board, if, yep. you, if you think there's a substantial gap in terms of 
Yeah, talent and potential well, between no those question. Two. You're taking the best kid. But, Andy, I, I don't think that really kicks in until that, what, post-15 or maybe post-20, where you're going to get, I think, those mm. extremes. Yeah, that's true. Or, yeah, yeah. I think it's only really at the pointy end. And provided you believe that the system's in place, that you're going to get the, the compensation for that guy anyway, mm. then it's worth the risk. Right. But if, if you... You know, I think that when you get a bit down a bit further, it's probably not worth the risk because you might spend all that time and effort into someone that you're going to develop that ultimately you, you might, you're going to lose. Yep. And if it's like a, a Horn Francis situation where it's very early on and they haven't got the runs on the board and you don't get that equivalent level of compensation, then you might have blown a pick with uh, for someone that you thought that was going to not have these problems. That's Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Dig deep into your heart and soul here and be as honest Be honest with me if you can. Mm-hmm. And I'd love yep. to take some calls on this. We might have to do it a bit later, but give you a chance to think about it. Does it change the way you think about the kid? It, one, if a kid comes into your club, right, you've, you've spent the yes. number one. Let's use Jason Horn francis yes. as an example. Right? Let's mm-hmm. not beat around the bush. He comes in the number one pick. All the spruik has been mm-hmm. off the charts. You don't get much, for, and then he's out. Mm. Does when you assess, you know, from the outside, you know, we don't know yep. these people. We don't know these kids. We don't know what's mm. going on and the character mm. and all that. But from our vantage point on the outside looking in, does it impact your kind of assessment of that? Of, of, the, that, of, of the, the, the character of the, of the individual? Yeah, of the person. Uh, I think it's, again, it's a case-by-case situation. In the Horn Francis thing, we, we heard – whether this was just a narrative being created, but we heard that there was some tension. There was some issues that that um, that some may say, well, this is about him just trying to get to a destination. If I come in here and I'm great, force the hand. Yeah, it's, yep. it's now now whether that's true or not, who really knows? I don't know. But in because of what you're reading here, it does sort of think, well, well, come on, mate, just you can. If this is going to become an issue. Go about in a different way. Now, maybe you can't. Maybe unless you come in there and do those and have some challenges, then then they're not going to go to the lengths and and to get to where you want to go. So it it is a a case by case situation. But if let's just take a hypothetical yes. that you've just got a brilliant kid, really talented, but has is either not playing to their their potential or legitimately is showing signs of stress. Because they are not surrounded by their people, they're nineteen twenty, Andy. Yeah, yeah. And and they desperately want to go home. Then I, I don't. No, I, no, no, I'm not worrying about. It. I'm, I don't I'm, think that that's a flaw on that individual's but, character. No, no, okay, but does do you do you think that speak on behalf of the of the of a mm. percentage of the football um, cognoscenti, if you like, people who mm. watch the game? Do you think that most of us do see that as a, a tiny little? Black mark against the name. I think when it's your player in your team and you're upset to leave, then, we then you might get to to those lengths. But here, this, this is what's happened to me. Oh, I reckon we do. Well, here's and and my judgment is based on me putting my dad's cap on. Yeah. And my son goes over and plays in the United States. It's not for for whatever reason. It's not for him. It's not for him. Mm-hmm. But here is an incredibly privileged opportunity. It is. Absolutely, and not just for him, but for other athletes that have gone. And maybe it's a bit different because you're in a completely different country. I think it is a bit different. But, but nevertheless, yeah, yeah, the yeah, principle yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. similar. Yeah. 
But he, yeah. I don't, it, it is no flaw in, in, in his character to saying, well, this particular environment is not for me. Now, it is, it's an extreme example. I get it because you're in a different country mm. and it's a lot harder for everyone to get on a plane and go visit you, and particularly it when is, he was there uh, during it COVID. Is, it's more extreme. But, but it's the, the principle's the same. Yeah. In that the reality's not, though. The reality's not the same. Jason Horn Francis' family, if you want to use him as the actual mm. example, and it could happen again. Yep. Isaac, it happened with Isaac. Man. It happened with mm. Ollie Henry. Ollie Henry's family's 45 minutes down the mm. Prince's Highway, mate. Yep. He's, that's where that's where his family is. Yeah, not hard to go and see the family. Not hard to catch up. No, but it's not. It goes beyond just. I reckon we do seeing the family. I, I reckon we do. I mm. reckon, I, I, and I'm not speaking. Well, I suppose I'm speaking on behalf of others. Well, of course I'm. But I, I think the. I think generally speaking, there's a bit of ground that needs to be made up mm. um, from a character perspective. I think we still hold it against the kid a bit if they don't, or the young man, if See, they don't. I don't know whether that's totally yeah, fair. Well, maybe it's not fair. Mm. Maybe it's not. But I, getting back to your original point. Which we have to revisit. The clubs, I think, are well within their rights and I think it's appropriate we hear in this report that they would err more if there's very little distance. If it's a line call. If yeah, it's a line call. No, I reckon, no question. Uh, it's 20 minutes to five. Got to get to a break. Mitch Lewis is going to join us next playing golf as part of the Pro-Am down at the Vic PGA at Moona. Let's find out how he hit it, how his pre-season's going after this. Down at Moona Links, the Victorian PGA Championship is underway. There's a, a really great uh, Pro-Am capacity uh, as, part of, uh, as part of this tournament. And a bloke who I'm led to believe might have been able to pursue a professional career in golf. What? Yes, plays key forward for your football club. That's how good he was, I'm told, mm. as a junior golfer. Uh, is participating in the Pro-Am. His name's Mitch Lewis. Let's find out how he's going. Big fella, um, uh, halfway mark of the tournament. Have, have you scraped through to the weekend? Yeah, g'day, boys. Thanks for having me on. I think uh, <laughs> me and my partner have just scraped through to the weekend. We caught fire on the back nine. Um Mostly my playing partner, I must say. So, yeah, I'll be back again tomorrow. Who are you, yeah, yeah, who are you playing with? I'm mm. uh, playing with David Michaluzzi. Um, and, oh boy, he can play. Shot, and, and shot 61 at Peninsula Kingswood one day, mm. Michaluzzi. Fantastic. Shot 61 yeah, correct, at KP. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mitch, did, did, you, did you have a relationship okay. with him prior to this tournament or did you just get paired up for the tournament? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm a member at Peninsula Kingswood as well, so we've crossed paths a few times. Um, yeah, there's a good good young group of members um, and young professionals down there that I have the privilege of playing with um, throughout the week, which is beautiful. And how much golf do you get to play? Uh, during the off-season, heaps. Like, I train in the morning, um, and then you can pretty much find me um, out on the golf course in the afternoon. Um, during the season, it probably goes down to about once a week. There's a there's a strong contingency of hawks that love getting out on the golf course, so um, any chance I can. And what do you play off? Uh, oh, I'm in I'm in some pretty bad form at the moment. I've gone out to two. Oh, yeah, turn oh, it up. Come turn on, that's disgraceful. <laughs> so what, what, how good were you? There's all, you, know, you hear oh, these oh, stories about you blokes who you have to make a choice between this, yeah. that, and maybe even a third sport. On the way through, but I am told that you do hit the ball properly. You're not like a good amateur player. You hit the ball, mm. you know, like a proper golfer. How, how good were you when you were a kid? Nah, in all honesty, I, I was nowhere near it. Like these these guys are on a completely different level. Um, the difference between, we'll say myself, who's a single figure handicap, and a guy like Dave plays off plus eight. Um, yeah, they're just on a completely different level. They hit the ball. 
um, so much further than me. Um, and then their short game is just immaculate. So, uh, no, there was never a chance to pursue golf, unfortunately. Okay. Does anyone, uh-huh. like you play with your teammates in, um, once a week during the season, how... How do you compare? Is there anyone that can give you a, a challenge when you, yeah. you get out there with the boys? Yeah, there certainly is. Luke Bruce um, has become a very handy golfer. He's off about three at the moment. Oh, um, Jack Gunston was another good one. Obviously, he's up at the lines now, but he's off five or six. Oh. Um, another guy, James Sicily, he used to be good. And if ever you get him on the show, make sure you bring up his golf game because he has become a terrible golfer. Um, what's, what's happened to him? Oh, who knows? He used to live right next to an ex-golf. Um, and he used to be there every single night. And then it closed down. So he hasn't been getting his practice in. So he's out to about 13, I think. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, have, you, have, have any of the other... Um, uh, amateurs down there participating in the Pro-Am. Has any of their swings kind of caught your <laughs> eye? Are there any seriously good players down there amongst the amateurs? Um, yeah, there's a few playing. Um, Andy Lee's been uh, behind me for the last two days. He's a, he's a pretty handy golfer. Yeah, he plays off single yeah. figures as well. Yeah. Um, I played with Harry Morrison, um, obviously a teammate of mine. He He's hit the ball pretty well, plays off around 14, 15, so um, yeah, there's a few guys down here. Glenn Maxwell is probably the other one that gives it a nudge. He does give it a rip. So, um, so that's that. Um, you, hopefully, you, you get to go around on on Saturday, Sunday, and the weather's friendly to you. Can that, that course can be tough at the best of times down there? But if it starts blowing, Mitch, she can be pretty hard work. Yeah, for sure. I can't hit a low ball either, so I'll definitely struggle when the wind picks up. Where are you at with your footy at the moment? Obviously, you know, Hawthorne supporters have been completely um, stoked with your development and you're emerging, obviously, into a a real key for that footy club. Where are you at with your your off-season slash pre-season? Yeah, so we've we've, uh, been completing our own programs um, away from the football club for the last couple months or so. Um, for me, my focus is pretty much just to get my body right. Um, obviously, last year, I was good when I was playing and on the park, but um, I missed far too many games. I think I played 15 games last year, so um, I've made it a goal of mine to play every home and away game next year. So, um, yeah, that's just about strengthening the body um, this preseason and going into next year. What were, what were the biggest... I mean, you played 15 and, you know, you've had a, you've had a good season on the way through, but... Was it one thing that kept dogging you this year or was it just a variety of little things that um, saw you not play every game? Yeah, it was. Um, I, I hurt my knee in a Collingwood game just before the mid-season bye. Um, and that was that was a bit of a PCL injury. Didn't require any surgery or anything like that, but um, it just inhibited my ability to get up to top speed. So for the rest of the year, I pretty much could only run at sort of 85%. Um, which was quite hindering. And um, then, yeah, I think I heard it again in the St Kilda game, which was my last game for the year. Hey, Mitch, you, you, you undersell yourself a little bit when you say, well, you're, you're, you're good. I think your improvement oh, no. this season yeah. for, for my untrained eye was great. You were playing fantastic. And there seemed to be a, a very significant uh, improvement from what we'd seen previously. Was there, is there an explanation for that? Or is it just one of those natural improvement things particularly from a, a coaching point of view was the different voice did that have with, with that any part of the explanation for why we saw that jump in form um yeah it's sort of hard to put a put a finger on it um 
I completed a pretty solid pre-season leading into last year. Um, was able to strengthen the body up a little bit and, um, you know, Mitch was huge in coming in, in as the head coach and instilling a lot of belief in me. Um, it, it's changed a lot over the last six or seven years when I've been at the football club. When I first got to the club, there was guys like Jared Roughhead and Ryan Sellmakers in the forward line and Zach Dunstan as well. He's obviously missed the last couple of years, so you look around and you think, far out, somebody's got to take this forward line. And um, Mitch just said, it should be you, mate. So, mm. um, yeah, just instilling a lot of confidence in me and belief um, was massive, I think. And how big a factor is that? Just that, that belief that it's my turn and I own this forward line and, and I'm going to be the kind of presence. I'm going to demand the footy. How, how, when did, is that, do you feel like that penny has now well and truly dropped for you? Yeah, 100%. Um, there comes a time um, in everybody's career where the penny hopefully drops. And um, for me, that was last year. And um, I know that I can play at the level now. And it's not just about, you know, making up the 22. I want to be a strong contributor each week, which is um, probably something that um, I didn't have for the first few years of my career. So it's very nice to run out on the footy field and um, know that you can, you can really contribute to the team. Well, let's hope those uh, little grumbly knee problems are behind you once and for all and mm. um, the next five or six years are injury-free and you can do for all of those Hawthorne supporters what they know, what they believe you can, mate. Good good hitting on the weekend if you do mm. scrape through and uh, can't wait to see what uh, 2023 dishes up, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Andy. Cheers, guys. Good on you. Good on you, Mitch. Mitch Lewis, uh, young key forward from the Mighty Hawks. Love him. Love everything. Four minutes past five this Friday afternoon. We're punching through till six o'clock tonight, just like the good old days. Heavy lifting. Well, no, That's but what we do. But it doesn't feel heavy. No, it's a joy. No, nah, it's magnificent. I'll go be? another. I'll go right through to ten if you want. Got to pull up stumps about ten. Got to do <laughs> oh, at boy. Ten's about the limit. No, I don't think we'll, we're happy to hand nine thirty. Happy to hand it over at six. I reckon we'll just about we'll have run our race by then. Nah, I've got plenty left in me. Hey, you know some people you just want to have around. If you want to make a club, mm-hmm. any sporting club, yep. any club for that matter, mm. what's the key to making a good club? The key is building a good people. Is the answer a, I'm looking for. That's true. Well, that's that's fundamental. Good. Though. Well, that's right. That's anywhere it's in key. anything. It's key, right? You, good clubs are made up of good well, people. Well, you got to assume that everyone's a good person, and then oh well, no, there's bad clubs out there. Not necessarily because they aren't good people. No, well, some in some cases probably because of that very reason. There's too many bad people involved. Mm. The key is you want to get as many good okay. people into your club. What was your answer going to be? Just a matter of interest. Well, I was going to thinking, assuming that we're all good people. <laughs> you don't assume that. Because, you know. Well, you're building a, a culture that's inviting and in welcoming and is also compassionate and nice. caring. Good. There's a whole bunch Jeez, of you values. Are woke. Hey? Very woke. Is that woke? Oh, I think it is. I don't even know what woke so, means. I don't know either, but I'm just going to start calling you woke from now on. Now, you want to have good people involved, in the, and the Brisbane Lions have gone and got themselves one of those. There's enough... There's a heap of good people up there anyway, but when you add somebody like Dale Morris to the mix, who's going to be their new uh, backline coach, you're um, you're uh, furthering and building on the stocks that you've already got at the place. And the new defensive coach of the Brisbane Lions has been good enough to join us on the show. Dale, thanks for coming on the program, mate. Appreciate your time. Andy, Daisy, thanks for having us. I was quite enjoying the uh, the banter and back and forth. So if you guys want to keep going, I'm happy just to listen. I was but, hoping, um, I was no. hoping, Daisy, you'd give me just a really simple, yeah, good people, and then I was going to go. Well, we're about to be joined well, I'm by one of those. They're all good people, Dale. That's the thing. And in, in football exactly. circles, most people, most of them, the overwhelming majority, are good people. 
you should assume they're a good person until they prove otherwise. But uh, I like your philosophy on that, Gazy. But uh, I would love to be the backline coach, but I've come on as the development coach as the as the lines, which mm. um, you know there's obviously going to be the defensive aspect to it. Uh, but no, Jed Adcock's the defensive coach, so I'll be working pretty closely with him, I would imagine. Oh, well, thanks for pointing that out. That's uh, error number one. It won't be the last one of the chat on the way through. Dale, I'll get a few <laughs> other things wrong. How did it? Um, how did it come to pass that you're making the move up north? Yeah, well, it's been a, a huge dream of uh, of my wife to move up to Brisbane, and that was not going to happen during my playing days. Obviously, being a Bulldogs man and wanted to be a one club player, and and then once the career finished, um, that dream intensified for my wife, and it basically got to a point where it was time to give back to my family. They'd given me so much over my career and invested so much into me, and our eldest son was starting high school, so. It was time to make a, a decision. So we sold up, moved up, and here we are in Queensland. We've been here since Feb and enjoying the Queensland lifestyle. And on the basis that, that you're going up there for family reasons, was it you that actually approached them, and I, and I assume also the Gold Coast, that, that you had to find a, a job there that you were actively pursuing them? No, no, it's... Um, the, the opportunity came out uh, of the, the Lions approaching approaching me, Mitchie Hahn, who's there, I think threw my number in the ring and, uh, and yeah, got, was lucky enough to get the phone call to have a chat about the opportunity of joining the Lions. But the move up to Queensland wasn't to any job, so I had to throw the resume around there for a little while to find a, a job when we uh, moved up to Queensland. And when you think of, uh, I think of the role of being a development coach, uh, I assume that the a significant portion of it is obviously what goes on the field, but does it also encompass the development of the individuals themselves and what they do outside of football? Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a great team behind all the players that look after them on the field and off the field, and I'll be contributing to that uh, with some elements on the field. But what I loved and when I was playing is you you look after the players, especially the older that you get in the AFL system, uh, you end up being that mentor-type player and, and you educate and teach the players. And to watch them take things that you've taught them, whether it's on the field or off the field, and make it their own and make it successful, it's one of those moments that you sit back and it's almost like a proud dad moment where you can pat yourself on the back and, and know that you've had uh, a say and, and yeah. being able to help these players become great people, as you know, Gazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, Dale, how much of, when you're thinking about the development role, how much of it is get out on the ground, bag of footies, you know, the the bag, the whole box and dice, and, and spending time on the craft of footy? How much of that is going to be your lot? A huge part. Getting your hands dirty, getting out there on the floor, teaching them the, the tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way and, and working on their craft, whether it be the defensive craft, body work, forward craft, midfield, just getting out there and, and getting your hands dirty, really, and, and teaching those players is a massive part of the role. And that's what I'm really looking forward to, getting back into that stuff. So how, how constrained are you by, you know, the, I always feel like I'm making the S&C team, the bad guys in all of this. I don't mean to because it's such an important part of you know, the, the daily life of a footballer or any sports person for that matter. But how constrained are you by, you know, the amount of time? That Load the, management. Yeah, that these players actually are yeah. allowed to be on their feet doing this stuff. 
Yeah, definitely. And I can only speak from experiences at the dogs um, when I was in the development role at the dogs. And that, that definitely is a consideration. And having those open lines of communication with the physios, the S&C team, to make sure, because they're closely monitoring the players for time on legs and load and everything that's um, happening to their bodies. So the last thing they want the players to do is to be running and jumping more that's out that is sitting outside of the program that opens them up to injuries. So you just need to have those uh, open lines of communication. But they don't have to be moving fast to be able to work on their craft. You can do a lot of handwork, footwork, absolutely anything. Dale, we understand that all uh, individuals, they're all different, and you've got to tailor things specific to those individuals. But if you could just cast a broader net across it, uh, just for as, as far as new players coming in, young players, and you're trying to develop them, What's the th- what's the message? Where does it start? What's the message start with when you're getting hold of them? Well, you've hit the nail on the head how everyone is unique in their own different way. And I've seen it time and time again with new players that come in. You get those players that are bullet a gate, want to do everything, want to do more and just continue to knock the door down. They're the players you almost need to pull back mm-hmm. and to get them to just trust the process, trust the people around them that they know what's best for them. And then you get the other players that maybe need to pull them up a little bit and tell them, okay, you need to do more here. This is what you need to do. And it's all of education. It's all about teaching them the elite athletes' habits and lifestyles to get them up to speed as quickly as possible. And the other coaches, the line coaches, they'll take care of um, the, the game styles, the structures and how we play. It's getting them up to those elite professional standards as quickly as possible. And sort of going back to a bit of an answer you gave to Gazy to one of the earlier questions, we're talking to Dale Morris, new Brisbane development coach. Um, not just about the player, but the person. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of, there's been a kind of go home factor that's emerging and it's been active in recent times with a couple of high profile players, not not necessarily from Brisbane, just around the league. But how much, you just scan through the Brisbane Lions list from last year and two thirds of it, probably even more, have come from outside Queensland to be part of this group. How much will your role be just talking to these kids that aren't from Queensland, just selling the message of this footy club and uh, the opportunities it provides and, you know, embracing uh, life away from, you know, their, their home state. Is that something that if those conversations need to be had, you're happy to have those chats with some of these kids? Yeah, that'll be a, a club-wide uh, initiative, you know, to create that culture where players want to be there. They want to be a part of it and they want to come to work um, and they have fun. Like footy is a serious business um, and there's so much seriousness around it that you want to be able to enjoy what you do. And that's a big thing because then the players will want to come to work. Um, They'll want to get the best out of themselves and they want to get the best out of each other too. So that's a a big factor in it all. But it's not just up to one person. It's not just up to me. It's not just up to to Fags. It's up to absolutely everyone to create that culture, players included. Oh, absolutely. And uh, what about, on, again, on a bit of a broader sense, we just heard the announcement yesterday about uh, Magic Round. Yes. A new initiative <laughs> where all the teams go in, they're going into South Australia. And what do you have a view on that? Is this an initiative you, you like? Do you think that it's, it's going to be a, a productive thing? Uh, well, it's got a good name. Yeah. Um, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but um, no, I don't know enough about it to really comment on it. Um, haven't started in my role just yet. I start on the 5th of December, so I'll leave all the footy, uh, footy questions and footy talk to the experts, and I'll just take everything on as it comes. But it sounds like a good concept. I'm not too sure uh, of much around it, but mm. um, willing to learn, willing to take it all on board, and I can probably give you an opinion later on once I know more about it. You just mentioned Chris Fagan there, Dale, and you know we understand the reviews ongoing, and um, I think most people in in footy think there'll be a you know some kind of resolution, an outcome that'll see, you know, Chris and and Alistair continue on in their roles, you know, hopefully, and um, all of the parties feel yeah that they get some kind of satisfactory conclusion to the Hawthorne cultural review and 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 the investigation into it all. That that'll take care of itself. But in accepting the position at Brisbane, did you you need to ask any questions about you know Chris Fagan's tenure and 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 the likelihood that he would you know still be the senior coach? Was that something that um, you needed to take on board before you signed on the dotted line? No, no, not at all. And all of that stuff is under obviously under AFL investigation. So to make any comments of that would be silly of me on my part at this point in time. But my biggest thing uh, with talking to the people at, at Brisbane Lions was seeing what the culture is like and what the people are like um, at the club. And I was really, really impressed with the people that I've spoken to. And that made me want to jump on board. Um, and Fags as well. He's a, a great guy and, and someone who I was able to relate to and, and talk to quite easily and, and really helped during the process of um, the interviews yeah. and, and all the chats. So it was a quite easy decision in the end because of the club and the culture and, and what they've been driving towards for the last probably six seasons under Fags is really impressive. So I couldn't wait to get on board. And let me ask you a broader question too. I mean, we saw what Geelong did this season. Although they were dominant, you know, your new footy club, um, saw them, you know, their powerful best in the prelim. They did something a bit unusual, uh, Dale, haven't they? That in terms of their age profile, and you know, they, they, they had what it was at nine thirty pluses play on grand final. They might have even been ten. There could be, you know, if they get there again next season, it'll be a similar sort of number by the looks of things. And yet, footy has been such a um, so obsessed with youth and younger young talent and. <laughs> You know all about this at the end of your career. Um, do you reckon what Geelong did will be a pause for a, a, a reason for pause at, at footy club level before we exit some of our older blokes? You're going to be dealing with you know the younger talent coming in by and large, not exclusively, obviously. But do you reckon other clubs will look at what Geelong did with its list profiling? That's the beauty of our game. There's no one size fits all model. Each team is structured differently. Each team looks differently. They play differently. And no doubt clubs will take note of what Geelong have done. Um, And they've been successful for a very, very long period of time. And it feels like at the end of every season that everyone's talking about the cliff and when are they falling off the cliff? Is it this year? Is it next year? And they just keep going and they keep doing it. So there are lessons learnt in that. And I got to see it firsthand in 2016, the value of those older guys and having that right mix and the right balance of youth, enthusiasm and energy, but then the older experienced heads to balance that team out for those high-pressure situations. So no doubt uh, teams would be looking and learning from, from everyone. Dale, when you are in this role, is this part of a process you... Uh, undertaking in order where the ultimate goal is to be a head coach. Is that hmm. in your long-term view of where you want to be and, and, and part of the process to get there? 
Well, honestly, it's to get in, back into coaching to see how it goes. I'm an open book. Um, and where this goes, um, I don't know. It, it could grow, it could manifest, and it could turn into those dreams and those desires. Or it might be, you know what, I'm really comfortable and really love this development space, and I want to learn and grow and expand within this space. So it really is uh, an open book, and I'm really excited for the for the journey and, and joining the Lions as a part of that journey. Mm. Well, mate, uh, good luck with it all. Uh, as we said from the outset, uh, footy clubs are made up of good people, and the more good people you can get into a footy club, the better chance you give yourself of, um, of having some success and everybody who's played their footy with you uh, speaks can't speak highly enough of you. We saw what you did as a player and uh, we know that you're going to bring that sort of stuff to your role and various roles in the future at the Brisbane Lions Footy Club. So good luck to you and the family. Um, good luck to you and the footy club in 23 and beyond, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate it. I'm pumped to get back involved. Good, good on you. Dale good Morris, luck. development coach at the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. Do a bit of stuff defensively as well, but would they be mad not to lean on mm. not, what not, he's brought to the table, not, obviously? Not there's a hierarchy by any stretch, but is the backline coach maybe, is it yeah. in the pecking the order line of coaches, The line coaches have the... A bit more... Yeah, of course. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I reckon... No, there's no doubt about coach. that. But no, that's how, that's it, that's how it works. Mm. You mentioned Magic Round to him. Yep. The numbers have come out about Magic Round and what the South Australian government are pitching in and what it's going to cost? Allegedly. Well, I don't yeah. know if it's been 100% confirmed. Oh, allegedly then. Mm. You don't want to get into any legal trouble you know, by mentioning it. But <laughs> I'm just saying it. Well, just... well, let's say allegedly if we mm. need to, you know. Reportedly. Reportedly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, what did you make of all of that? Gee, it's, it's a big ticket item. Uh, Peter Malinuskis, the, pre- the, the Premier, premier of yeah. uh, South Australia, he, yeah. he had a, a, a bit of a clip along the way for the Sydney because they were the other ones tendering for this opportunity mm. to bring all the clubs in. But it's reported, I think it's something in the order of $13 million. What, 500000 a club? and Plus 200000 a team to the players, for the players. Yeah, just and to so keep them happy, yep. It's, yep. A, um, it's a pretty big ticket item. But that economic formula and what it means to bringing in yep. tourists and, and how it all weighs out, I'm a bit like you. I, I don't really okay. understand a lot of it. But purely from a sporting, uh, from a AFL standpoint, I'm still a little, I assume and everyone, I think it's one of the obvious ones, that they're doing this to try and grow the right. game. Yep. But is there other motives behind this other than just growing the game? Oh, if they were to, no. Other motives. Other motives. I think if they were taking it, in, nah, I think if they were taking it into a non-traditional football state, and mm-hmm. they were kind of putting it up against, you know, some hot big ticket items of mm-hmm. perhaps another code, then I think you know you could mm-hmm. probably level that as a potential accusation against them. But going to Adelaide, I don't think so. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any ulterior motives. I think it's just something they've seen happen in the NRL and they like the idea oh, of not, it. I'm not asking that question from a negative standpoint. Oh, no, to get defensive about it. No, I'm just saying when you're talking about ulterior motives, is, is this a part well, what of... Are you, have you got any that you're thinking about? Are there any other? Are there any ulterior motives that you think might be at play here? Oh, no. I was just oh, thinking, well, is this, is this something one. that's being driven by television? Is this oh. something that's being driven by... We need uh, more fixturing. We need more games. Is this a step to, to get another game onto the schedule? And, oh, maybe the magic round fades away, but we still got, oh, all of a sudden we've got this extra <laughs> right. game here. You know, those types maybe, of yeah. uh, potential motives. Now, maybe. this is in itself. We've seen it with the NRL. Allegedly, it's very successful what they do with their magic round. 
So I think that it does. It will bring everyone in the one city and they all get to see it. What but are the, um... Is there any risk associated with it? Because the last thing you want to do is have a magic round and you've, you've got the Gold Coast playing whoever and there's... Why are you picking on them? No, I'm just... Well, whoever Why are you it picking may on be. Gold Coast? Well, if they're not marquee games, which they won't, because oh, you can't afford to have oh, marquee... Nice I don't think the clubs are going to have marquee games in. Stewie, you will be pleased to hear, you know, Hawthorne champion. No, you're Premiership being, you're, superstar you're, 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 and he having a go on him and his team. You're being stupid now because I'm, <laughs> that's not... I'm saying, well, if it, I, I mentioned Gold Coast, but, but I'm sure Gold Coast is saying, well, I'm happy to play the Magic Round, but I don't want to play against Brisbane there, not get, take that home game away from us. Because that's a marquee game that they're playing at yeah, well, home. They won't do that. They would. That, that's, that's right. That's, so if that's, gotten, too in, that's too important to football. You're not even Carlton playing Collingwood. No, uh, well, of course you're not so, doing so that. So if you're not having a those blockbuster games, I guess the one you could throw in there is, is yeah, the you, derby. Yeah, the you local could. Do, derby. You, you could do that. But so but that, if you're not doing that, does that mean then that you run the risk? Is there any nervousness about playing games that? Uh, yeah, take a leaf or say yes, stay at home and watch it on the telly. Only four thousand people. Uh, no, no. It well, it's it's going to be it's going to be um, it, it's it's a suck it and see type arrangement with the AFL because we, we've mm. never done it before. One three hundred. Well, NRL. I well, think I, my understanding is it's highly successful. Of course it is. That, so, no, so that's the yes. if that's the benchmark. Then you go, hey, AFL. We need to get a part of well, this. Well, that's and, right. So here's the question: one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You now know it's in Adelaide. Mm. You know, Hindley Street. I think it's a good the, choice. The Barossa, you mm. know. Yeah. The Barossa. The Hindley Street. Hindley Street. The 36ers yeah. might still be The river. There's the river. And you don't be like that. No, well, Adelaide's got a lot to offer. My mum's from Adelaide, so <laughs> do not be. No, no, you're being rude. No, is it? Will you be going over? Will you go over and make a week of it? Is this the sort of stuff you'll put in the fixture in your in your family calendar Get to next see a year? lot of games in a short Go to the Barossa? Of course, and go to Hindley Street. Street. <laughs> will you be? Are you up for it? Is this something you will? Rundle Mall. Rundle Mall. Got Very the big, nice. The big silver balls in mm-hmm. there. Massive silver balls. Fan, uh, apparently, huge. Great nightlife. Is it? It is apparently. Okay, right. No, I'm serious. Right, good. Yes. Hindley Street. A Rod's given it the the Black Rose. Not j- Rundle. Oh, the oh, whole the Black Rose on a Saturday night, Sunday morning. Mm. Good lord. Um. Are you up for it? Oh, I'd love to know whether people, mm. now that they know it's in Adelaide, will mm. wait for the dates and the fixturing and all the City rest of, of it. City churches, Andy. That's right. The statue of Colonel Light. Magnificent architecture. Cheerio to Tony Gregg. Um, one you Are you likely to take a trip over there? And um, You should. One, well, let's oh, find hand out what on people are I actually it. love the joint. I really enjoy Adelaide. Maybe well, it's been my, my DNA let's because see people. of my mum. But of course. I think it's uh, a, a very, very good choice. <laughs> Are you likely to head over for Magic Round? Has Adelaide got you? Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Are we actually getting a fair bit of feedback we here are. off the uh, Forty Wings temper text and, about and a lot will of, you go to Adelaide? A lot of people are saying that they're going to uh, be a part of it. Dan's got four boys and four of his mates planning a trip already. What are the Can't uh, wait. What are the odds? I'll go with friends from Dame Dame Damien. Adam Dame Dame. has said, uh, "Yep, I'm." Packing the car up and I'm driving up for sure, hundred percent. Well, driving is a good thing. Don't book and book your flights now, because you know one thing will happen. Mm. You know what'll happen, don't you? What's that? The, the airlines. Oh, up the prices. Of course they will. Dave's uh, eight nine six. Dave, so, he apologised. He had to take a work call, but Adelaide, perfect boys. Weekend away, watch some footy, and we'll uh, 
Take the golf clubs. Go and play at the Grange. Have a whack down uh, Royal Adelaide if you're lucky enough to get on. If you're Glenelg, looking, if you, that's it. Glenelg's the place you want to be. Beach there. Golf course. Very nice. nice. Dave's. Oh, well, that too. Yeah. Dave's in Mernda. Hey, Dave, magic around in Adelaide. Is it something you'll uh, you'll put on your calendar? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, g'day, uh, guys. And uh, Grange Beach, what a lovely place that is. That's where I actually got married, boys. So, oh, uh, a beautiful happy, spot. Happy days, Dave. Uh, yeah, I reckon the AFL could do that. I think um, to get more people there, I reckon a um, one of the uh, showdowns would be perfect. That would get people from all yeah. over the country to have a look there. Yeah. Um, another thing I think that would be really good is what about some of the eastern side teams that are reserved in that come over and beforehand to get the whole feeling, play against some of the SANFL teams. So, I mean, like your reserves play against a Glenelg or I think that could just be really great for football as well. What are your thoughts yeah. there, guys? Yeah, that's not bad. Maybe a little state of origin in that from the lower levels, you know, maybe. Do they still do that where they have the... Oh, the ammos go and play one another. Yeah, that, to yeah. make it a real footy festival. But the problem you're going to have is I don't know how many grand. Like, there's no, gonna... well, you'll play the AFL stuff. There's plenty of great footy grounds in South Australia. Yeah, in the local. The ones. AFL games will get played at the footy. Mar- they got the two market. Yeah, ones. footy park and um, the Adelaide Oval. But if you if you did want to really make it a festival and have all you know, other leagues mm. represented, one of the go and play. Sturt and mm. Norwood, some fantastic footy rounds yeah. in South Australia. Hey, yeah, Andy, thanks, Dave. D- 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 the other thing, too, do we need – does Magic does, Round – can we change the name? Well, there's some people suggesting that it oh, should be they? named after Neil Danaher. So, um, you know well, – Because we're sort of copying the NRL, aren't we? Yeah, because aren't they? they just call it Magic Magic Round, aren't they? Well, yeah. if you, what do you reckon we should call it? Have no, a think I about it. need a bit more thought, I think. But... Dan's in um, Magic McLean Round. Mm. Dan's in Wodonga. Yeah, what about Magic McLean round? Magic McLean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to play for Brisbane and Footscray. Yeah. Magic, Magic McLean. Is he jumping on, is he? <laughs> Dan's. Is he coming on? Dan's in Wodonga. No? Dan, how are you, mate? Mm. <laughs> Afternoon, gentlemen. Will Afternoon. You, God, you, God, you two make me giggle. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> will you go to Adelaide, Dan? Will you head off to Adelaide for, for Mick, Mick, McLean, Mick McLean round? So my suggestion would be United Round. I'd make it a bit of a United Round and try and unite the clubs and different groups and all that. But that's another no, thing. Not bad, as soon Dan. As it, Beautiful. Yeah, not bad, Dan. As soon as it – and the idea with the United, sorry, is to, yeah, you, you can unite different groups, different cultures, different everything. So oh, you can, like you know, do your, have some Muslims can have some stuff going on there mm. as well as this, and we can unite everyone and everyone gets a bit of a show. So that would be not my bad. thought. But I love um, it. In a magic round sort of set, or well, the round, so as soon as it come out, so mm-hmm. my partner, Claire, she, she coaches in the NAB League under-19s under girls. Yep. So I don't know how it works with her, but I said, if we get a chance, we're going over there, and I will drop everything and head straight over there. Beautiful. The positive thing, you were talking about, oh, you know, the games where it might be, a, and I'll, again, I'll use your analogy, Gazy, the Gold Coast and the whatever, which isn't that. Mm. It's not the greatest game in the world. But when you're there, there's two things. One, you're, if you get your club membership, which I will probably go and get now because mm. I can get into three games there, but you also go to those games as well as my Sydney and Claire's Carlton, but you'll go and watch Gold Coast because you want to go and watch some of their young yeah. guns get around and you want to go and do that. Because it costs you nothing to go there, you're there, you're going to absorb yourself with it. I'm sure you're not going to get a, a spectacular game, but you're going to sit there and watch some of these young guns killing it, you spot know. On so, Dan. Yeah. No, spot on, Dan. You get involved in the whole spirit of the thing. The, Excellent the, the, call, fun, Dan. the fun of the fair. 
Excellent call. Excellent call. Matt's in WA. Matt, will you head uh, Will you head east and uh, take in Magic Round from uh, from your vent- from your vantage point? Just quickly before we get on to that, uh, Murray. Hey, what are you up to for the weekend, Daisy? Uh, this weekend, well, there's no basketball on, so I'm not commentating no, any well, games. Fever, I'm, I'm, I'm a uh, good friend of mine. I'm catching up with a good friend of mine playing some golf tomorrow. But outside of that, nothing. Um, not that um, Melinda might have some plans for me, but... Bit of time bit of garden. painting. I've got to paint the hallway again. But outside of that, I'm glad you painted the hallway. Yeah, I've been almost there, almost finished. Melinda's done a lot of it. But anyway, Matt, <laughs> that's a general overview of what's well, going on this weekend. Why are you asking about that, Matt? No, I would maybe forget about the hallway. Maybe do that next weekend, guys. You maybe work on your quiz. Oh, come on. Oh, you're joking. It wasn't good today. Matt. No, it wasn't good today. You had some issues. They didn't answer the questions. You had some issues. You gave the answer away. Well, that's one. The repertoire. I'll I'll take the one hit there, Matt. But stick with me, Matt. I think think we continue to workshop it. If you uh, stop we, interrupting, I'm helping you out, mate. I'm I'm building the drama. Without me in that oh, quiz, you would be in real trouble. I'll You'd try. Be in real trouble. Oh, there, there's been some wins and losses along the way with the, <laughs> the overall performance. I'll take that on board. <laughs> but I think overall, people are giving yeah, it the I, thumbs up. You know who is a big fan of your quiz? Me. <laughs> yeah, but other than you, yep. Robert Craddock. Oh, yeah, he loves fan. it. In fact, he's tried no, to get he on a couple it. of times yes. under an alias. Uh, the lines have been very hard to get through. But I'm delighted to say that Jared's man, you only ever hearing with Jared. No one else is generally allowed to speak to Crash, but there's no Jared at the moment. So uh, we are delighted to have <laughs> one of Australia's greatest all-time journalists join us on the show. Having written a story, Crash, welcome, about Swimming Australia today. What, what the hell's going on with this organisation? Yeah, hi, Andy and guys. It's nice to, uh, you've uh, given us many hours of great entertainment, guys, uh, up Thank here in you, Queensland. Crash. You've got a you. lovely, lovely little... Uh, uh, a lot of listeners up here. Well, I don't know if you realise that. Well, but, if they could uh, fill yeah. out a ratings book every now and again, that'd be pretty nice for us. <laughs> <laughs> Crash, we just get them to just fill out a book for us. It'd be nice. But anyway, that's that's yeah, more than yeah. yeah. You've written a really interesting <laughs> no, piece look, about Swimming Australia today, and that we're killing it in the pool all over the place. You'd think that the things you know going on all cylinders, and yet it sounds like it's um it's pretty turbulent um in the executive offices. It is, Andy. Yes, it was primarily the work of Julian Linden, our excellent swimming writer. But uh, Tracy Stockwell, formerly Tracy Culkins, the champion oh, yeah. uh, American swimmer who was uh, formerly president uh, of, of Swimming Australia, has been voted off the board. It sat, essentially. It went to a vote amongst the board and uh, there was five nominations for two positions and it was a calculated move. There's nine stakeholders, including all the states, and uh, there was a fair bit of collaboration between them, and she didn't get anywhere near getting back on the board. Uh, Tim Ford, the former swimmer, he's on, and Sue Smith, who I believe is a former president of Victorian Swimming, is on the board. But Tracy Stockwell, who's respected you know, worldwide as a voice of swimming, Scott Morrison, uh, you know, when he was prime minister, went in to vote for her to, back for her to be the new president of Swimming Australia, and it just shows again, Andrew, and I know you're very sensitised to the Olympic sports. Swimming Australia hasn't got a sponsor. Uh, it hasn't got a, a television rights. Gina Reinhart withdrew her $32 million sponsorship a year ago, mm. and it's just in an absolute mess. Mm. And and is this 
more about the, the structure that's in place? Like, is this is is it a federated model that they have? Because we know in federated models, there's no greater interest than self-interest. And when the individual states start to um, get a little bit uh, annoyed with the, the governing body, mm. that that can lead to some problems. Is is that part of the issue? That's absolutely part of the issue. I understand. Uh, you know, since the Reinhardt sponsorship was lost, there's been a lot of tension and the states were angry with it, with their administrators above them and the board, particularly Chief Executive Eugenie Buckley. But here's the thing. They can't get her sacked, but they can get the, the president sacked, Tracy Stockwell, because of this vote. And mm. uh, that's what they did. Tracy didn't, as I said, Tracy didn't go anywhere near uh, getting on the board. I understand she got a third of the votes of the two people who were elected. So it's just, a, it's, it's in a really poor state. The nine gold medals that swimming won in Tokyo, I tell you, Australia got there despite its own swimming organisation, not because of it. So, Robert, is there the Gina Reinhardt thing? Is that it? Is there anything? Is that at play here somewhere? We we know what happened with the netballers, and yeah, you know, they. I'm sure they felt like they'd resolve that issue only to you know have Gina kind of, um, you know, take the sponsorship and 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 look elsewhere at the end of sort of protracted negotiations and conversations. There is her withdrawing her sponsorship, and not just her but her company withdrawing. The, is that somehow at play here? Well, I, I just think that when you take $32 million out of an, out of a, 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 an organisation mm. that is literally relying on fumes after that, everyone starts, you know, a desperate scramble for more sponsors, which they haven't been able to find, um, you know, and, and, you know, you can understand that the swimmers, a lot of their sponsors are private people, like Ariane Titmus is doing quite well because she's uh, very well managed and has got a lot of blue chip personal sponsors, yeah. but the team as a whole is struggling. And, and it's, yeah, it's left a, it, it's that black financial hole has, has really hurt swimming Australia. So, you know, this is a, it's a big issue. You know, you've got the Brisbane Olympics coming up in a couple of Olympics time and the, these pathway programs need to be put, put in place, but everyone seems to be fighting with the head, Head of uh, you know the head head people, and it seems like, like in your article you also touch on some issues that uh, that could be there with FINA, the overall international governing body as well. That they're going through some some challenges. How how is the situation with FINA? Um, and of course, they've had to deal with some pretty tough issues with the the uh, the Ukraine situation themselves, but. There's been some speculation about it, a toxic environment, and particularly with some of the athletes over the journey. How is that? How are they placed at the moment? Yeah, I think that uh, swimming generally around the world is in a in a very delicate position. Like there, there been uh, you know the sponsorship is not what it is worldwide, um, and and the the whole um, scenario is actually quite grim. You know, I, I think. You know, the, the, during the Olympics, it no doubt sparkles. Mm. But what we're finding around the world is between times, uh, there's, there's been times when swimmers have won an Olympic gold medal. Sully Pearson was the same and then had less sponsors because they drop off after the Olympics. So I know uh, mm. uh, FIFA is, is struggling for, uh, FINA, sorry, is mm. struggling for, you mm. know, sponsorship and, and, and several other factors as well.
Um, we'll watch mm. this space and see how it shakes. Yeah, hey, just a couple of real quick ones on, on matters, perhaps even a bit closer to your heart. Um, that England performance last night, Crash, in terms of dominant uh, T20 performances in real pointy end games, like a semi final, that that was all powerful, particularly from their spinners and their opening batters last night. Phenomenal stuff. Oh, the best. Uh, the absolute best. That, that partnership by Hales and Butler, for mine, it's the greatest T20 partnership of all time. Mm. I mean, that was absolutely blistering. A couple of points. This is why English have such confidence. Their number 11 batsman, Adil Rashid, has scored 10 first-class centuries. Yes. Oh, I mean, that's, that's amazing. batting depth we've never seen before. Yeah. That, that's staggering. So they can go hard from the get-go all the way through. That's why they're dangerous. And one other point, I've felt this for 30 years. Indian batsmen are still, at times, can be, uh, I wouldn't say selfish, but a very strong sense of preserving their, their place in the team and their own performance, they had to go hard. I've seen it so often. They're too conservative. They've got self-interested heart when they should have gone hard early in the game. They really should have. And, uh, you know, KL Rowell, I know in the IPL, there are some teams that they don't particularly perturb if he gets a little bit of a run on because he just nibbles along some time at a run of ball. So they don't care if he doesn't get out at times. So mm. I, I just reckon India... In India undercooked it, and England were absolutely superb. And and what can you explain to us? Andy and I were trying to read what's going on if because of there's a, a very strong prospect of rain uh, for, oh, the, yes, for the, the final, yeah. and they're talking about uh, relaxing a rule about the timing of it, and maybe they can just come back and play tomorrow. But we were a little confused as if as if what happens if they start it on the the uh, Saturday Sunday? Uh, excuse me, on the Sunday. Are they suggesting that they could just pick it up again on the Sunday? Can you do? You, are you across what changes they've made in order to, to try and get this final played? Well, the big thing was it'll hopefully be self-contained in one day. Of course, if it rained out Sunday. It goes to Monday, and, and it could go. They put a, a block of time, about a six-hour block, from the mid-afternoon to late, to to late in the evening where they've just got to run the thing. It's A five-over competition is normally enough. That is not enough for a World Cup final. It'll be ten overs. It's a minimum each side. But uh, they'll, they'll, uh, they've got about a, a nice long window on Monday from mid-afternoon to late at night to try and host the final <laughs> and, and right. just to make sure the darn thing gets done <laughs> and, and cooked. Yeah. Let's hope the rain stays away. Hey, last one, because you are the font, and uh, when it comes to cricket, mm. you're always worth listening to. Raul Dravid was, he didn't come out and say it specifically to Dan Pretty after the game last night in, in his piece, but reading between the lines, I reckon there was definitely a, a, a gentle urging from Dravid that, that perhaps the BCCI relax the control of Indian players only playing in the IPL. I may be reading too much between mm. the lines there, but can you see a day yeah, crash no. where, where that happens? No, I think no. the bosses above him will stop it. They're so protective of their product. It means too much to them. But, hey, guess what? I do get his point. I mean, Alex Hales and Butler and all these guys have played in the Big Bash. They've got used to Australian conditions in a way that the Indian players just can't do because they're not allowed to play here. So it was decisive. I reckon it's really helped England that they've had yeah. that their that they're Big Bash condition, their Australian condition. But I still say that... 
it was not a fault of that that India went down. It's more of a conservative... Mo- Since the IPL, they haven't won a big white oh, ball trophy. Stunning. Isn't it incredible? It's stunning. You, you think of what they've done in test cricket. Yeah, mm. so, so, and, the, and I reckon, as I said, self-preservation. I've seen it for so many years. They, they just... I love the way England just went hard, mm. like blisteringly hard last night. Mm. They've got a good team. They play for each other. They're good. That was awesome. Hey, Crash, just quickly before you let Another you go. One. Just a real love quick it. one I because I just it. want to touch on... He's going to have to hang up on us before no, we no, let him go. But we've did, Andy and I, before no. you came on, <laughs> we're, fun, we're talking about the uh, the new... Well, we're not sure they'll, they'll call it this, but the new magic round oh, in yes. the AFL. It seems in our feedback that we receive in the NRL, it's been nothing but uh, a success. Do you think that this you, you can see the same type of atmosphere and the same type of response from an AFL perspective? I think Adelaide will love it. Honestly, it's when they got the grand final in Brisbane, it was far less exciting and just nourishing than the magic round. Mm. You, you get all these funny sights of grounds, uh, you know, supporters going in and out of grounds and, and you see their colours scattered throughout the city in different bars and restaurants and you know, and, and all the club officials come up and the spare players. It is a terrific concept. It's the it's so it just sort of nourishes the whole sport. And and, and I saw a situation once where I mean, here's an anecdote. This is a rugby league anecdote. But mm. Wayne Bennett, the master coach, was coaching South Sydney, and some of his boys wanted to meet Alan Langer, <laughs> the Brisbane Broncos great, the little character yeah. who's mm-hmm. just a real scallywag. So. Bennett went looking for him around the halls of, and he found him and he dragged him into the dressing room. Now, he's, he wouldn't be in the South City dressing room for any time <laughs> in his life, but there he was telling stories. So you get a lot of those offbeat things That's of great. players mixing with other clubs in foyers and that. But I tell you what, this is a victory for the game. It will be fantastic. Right. It'll be start next year and they will never discontinue it. Magnificent. Awesome. Great to hear your voice. Thanks for giving us a bit of time. There's, uh, there's always uh, a whole lot of stuff to put in front of you. We appreciate you being part of it, mate. Have a great weekend. No, uh, thanks. My pleasure coming on. And hello to all your listeners up Queensland way. And I'm telling you, there's more than you think. <laughs> oh, you well, that is a beautiful <laughs> thing. You. Robert Crash Craddock joining us on the show. There's a bit going on. Don't forget, listen to This Is Your Journey on Sunday from 10am. Sammy Edmund, another superstar, talks to former Adelaide Collingwood Geelong player as well as former Adelaide coach now SEN commentator, the one and only Brenton Sanderson. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Oh, what do with this extra half hour thing? Uh, it's a breeze. I've got, got a couple more hours left in me. I could run. I'm happy to run solo if you Would want. Would you mind? No problems. Well, we've, I think we've got. Um, I think we've got the sporting flame coming mm. up with Simon and Jimmy after mm. us. But I'm sure they won't mind feet up. Hey, well, in fact, why don't you just go three a three ball with them? No, I would prefer to go solo. Um, Andy, sure. Martin, what will you lead without? Martin, what will you lead without a six? What's going to be your big hot take out of six? Well, one of the things I'd like to touch on would be: uh, Did you read that story? We have got Qatar, the World Cup coming up. Oh, I like. When it. you talk about gouging, did you read the prices that some of the local bars are going to be charging for a beer? I did not. One hundred and forty-seven. What? No dollars for one beer. One. <laughs> I'll turn it up, Kelly. Andy. No, no you've, Andy, no, you've missed you've missed a decimal point and somewhere. Because I don't normally the culturally and I think legally, you're not allowed to um You could probably have to go to hotels and stuff like that. But apparently as long as you as long as they hundred forty seven bucks a beer no, that's as long as you keep it in yeah, the, the facilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they've actually des- designated some areas where they can go to just get back on track. 
So uh, you won't be allowed to walk around with one of those helmets on with no. cans on the head? No, no, definitely none of that. But 147, well, that's a bit that is gouging beyond gouging. I love going to the footy with one of those things on my head. Yeah, and it just brings a couple of cans of around. Fosters on my head, you know. <laughs> suck just sucking it in. Yeah. Big burp. Oh, that's magnificent. There we go. Martin's in Glebe wants to have a chat about uh, Magic Round. Hello, Marty. Yeah, g'day. Look, thanks, uh, Andy, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Assumption boy myself. I uh, never thought I'd live north of the Victorian border. <laughs> 32 years later, Sydney. Um, a mad demon's border. Um, oh, I can't wait to get the magic round in Sydney. Yes. Watch all the games. Keep the mighty D's. But I, I, one thing I do hope, and I wish them all the best, and I want to, I want um, the Hawthorne to keep uh, Mr. Mitchell there forever and ever. Amen. Um, just like I wanted Collingwood to keep Bucks and Eddie there forever, but that didn't work. And I hope they they keep um, Sam Mitchell there forever. And how good is it going to be? I'm licking my lips already, um, waiting to see uh, uh, the, the rough combination of ours. Oh, you yeah, know, it's going to be that's going to be one of the great. Um, one of the great micro stories in the macro of 2023 to see how um, the two ruckmen at Melbourne can combine and how they work it out alongside one one another, Marty. So, yeah, no, nah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a hell of a story. So a lot to look forward to, mate. Hey, we've got to have a buddy bet, you and I. Oh, okay. Um, uh, download the buddy bet app. Go to the cricket. I'm on England. Have a go with your mates. I'll take England. All right, well, I'll take Pakistan. Mm-hmm. No problems. You, just, you're, is it just with this buddy up, bet you just go... Up. 1-800-858-858. You can bet against your mates, which is a great thing. Bit of fun, and you do it responsibly and all the rest of it. So you're on England at Buddy Bet, and I'm on Pakistan hmm. at, on Buddy Bet. Well, I'm looking, you've given me some... I'm not, I was going to be listening to Jimmy and Simon anyway on the way home. Right. But now that I know that you're going solo for the next two hours... Well, I don't know if they'll And you're going to rip the into the Qataris uh, on the other side of the news. No, I don't. I am looking forward to this. No, Don't no, go anywhere, not... folks. Jimmy and no, Simon are just going to take five. They won't well, let go- me. What? You might have to go to the, 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 the download, the podcast online stuff to get me. <laughs>